from downtown, this is Tim Kitsar from NBA Jam, and you're listening to Nintendo Main Podcast. Boom shakalaka! This week on Nintendo Main, we have Philip Arona here to talk about the Shin Megami Tensei series, and it seems like another Wii U game is going to the Switch. Turns out the club I joined last week, yeah, it's overseas. I spent the most money ever. Not ever, but pretty pretty close. Welcome to Nintendo Main Podcast, episode 231, your place for Nintendo news from Nintendo fans like yourselves. We are your hosts. I'm Trey. I can quit at any time, Johnson. I'm Jeremy, savior of Captain Tiaud, Mikowski. And I'm John Book Pro Knitter. And this week we have a special guest. Hi, I'm Phil um, from Super GG Radio. Do a lot of background stuff for them. And yeah. uh, here to talk Shin Megami Tensei. Yeah, I uh, oh, yeah. sorry, I forgot to say Super GG Radio in the beginning. But yeah, we have, we have Phil Arona here from Super GG Radio. Um, yeah, I was I, I put out a kind of just put out a lifeline thing, just asking uh, asking the internet to to help me find somebody who uh, knew something about Shin Megami Tensei because I don't really know anything about it. But I'm sure myself, along with many others, have become more intrigued by it ever since the Nintendo Mini Direct happened, where they announced that we're getting a remake of uh, Nocturne and. Of course, Shin Megami Tensei Five has always been something that's supposed to be on the Switch, so I found myself fairly interested in it. So I wanted to talk to you about it here. But um, what what exactly do you do with the Super GG Radio? So when the idea of Super GG Radio first came out, they were uh, looking around for trying to figure out uh, how should they start. You know, where do they want to do their podcast? They also wanted to do reviews, and they needed a place to host their audio. So I said, well, I've dabbled in. Um, websites before so i said i can create you know a basic wordpress site for you guys and do a layout see if you like it and i did it and they said yeah we can totally work with this i showed them how to post articles and links and all that stuff and so they started recording they kind of took off and they're like we need more content we need more content i'm like i can do reviews no problem so i started uh playing uh, started reviewing uh, some of the games that i just had uh gotten into and uh, just, you know, writing articles, writing editorials, um, reviews, and, um, you know, joining them in a, a couple of episodes. Uh, I did a uh, SteamWorld dig rap for them in one of their episodes. So, uh, yeah, just kind of a lot of stuff here and there. Is And that's a that's like a rap, right? Like a music rap that you're talking yes, about? It, you didn't, you didn't yep. make, it's not like a present, like a SteamWorld dig present? <laughs> No, sir. No. Would, would you, no I, do you ever redo that, or do we have to sub- subscribe to the Patreon to get that? Oh, <laughs> we haven't quite gotten to the point where we have a Patreon just yet. Uh, I forget what episode it was recorded on. I'll let you know if you want to take a gander at that. It was uh, something I put together in about 20 minutes just 
took the beat, looped it over, wrote down some lyrics. And I mean, I, I'd say I, I'm about to be 40 years old uh, this year. And I'd say a good 20 years ago, I was a part of a, a rap group in Chicago called Verbal Magic. Oh, wow. And uh, we did a lot of battle raps and, you know, battle people out in the, you know, out in the streets and at parties. And, you know, you meet a lot of interesting people along the way. And uh, right now, one of the aldermen in Chicago, uh, I forget which ward, um, his name is uh, uh, Andre. Oh, I don't know why I'm forgetting his last name, but uh, Andre, who's uh, an alderman in Chicago, used to be a battle rapper. And I knew him. Huh. from back then uh i've met uh tongue twister from chicago i've met common like before he blew up at some random party they were throwing on the south side Common's awesome. uh, wow yeah yeah so um yeah i meet a lot of interesting people doing that do you know uh do you know a guy named tony uh used to go by the name of haiku do you know him the name sounds familiar tony, tony, i don't think i've met him tony kim tony trim He's, he was a friend of mine. That's like the only one I really knew that was in it was doing rap stuff for a while. But this was like yeah. ten years ago, probably when I used to hang did out. You, with him. Did you know Serengeti, or is that just someone that? Or have Serengeti? you heard of Serengeti? I know Serengeti, but I don't I've know. heard of Serengeti, but yeah. I do not know him. That's that's about as far into the rap into the rap that I that I go. Mm. Um, I'm mm. I'm uh, I'm forty as well. Let's say welcome to my world. Almost, <laughs> I, t- I, t- I turned forty like a couple months ago, so I'm, I'm here. I I've, just start. I've arrived. I just started. You're there. I'm about to be. I just started blood pressure medication like last week. <laughs> oh, I think I've been taking blood pressure medication for years, but it's actually also for kidneys, so it works both ways. But yeah, <laughs> but um, but yeah. Uh, as far as the rap thing, uh, little known fact: uh, Jeremy, Jeremy and I used to do like a uh, freestyle rap stuff to video game music as well. Like we have a nice. we, have, we have a long lost tape somewhere. I don't know where it is, but. And it's part of our Patreon. There, there's it's, a, it's a product of its time. <laughs> I will say that. If I, yeah, hey, <laughs> I don't same know. Same here, man. There, there was a yeah. There was a, a a long lost song that we did to. We we did a rap song to. Uh, I think it was probably the best one we did. Was one that we did to a song from one of the Castlevania Game Boy Advance games, and it was like the song from the shop that you went to because it was the only one that mm-hmm. had like a beat and. And it was like da 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 like that, and we did a whole song like that. And was that the best in the Midwest one? Yeah, I think that was the best one we ever did. Yeah, the best in the Midwest one. <laughs> I tell you, I used to do some production for my guy too, and I had sampled uh, Magus's theme from Chrono Trigger. Oh, nice! And we turned we turned it into a song called "Time Is a Factor." Oh, cool! And we sta- we sampled Harvey Keitel doing "Time Is a Factor." I think fast, <laughs> I talk fast. <laughs> nice. Oh, so you've done? Yeah, so you've been? You've definitely been in there. Oh yeah, doing all sorts of fun things. Yeah, cool. Well, um, yeah, no, I definitely, yeah. Whenever send me send me the number, or if you think of it, we'll we'll mention it on here as well of what number to check out for you guys. And I also wanted to say, as far as like numbers for us, if you, if anybody wants to go back and download uh, episode one hundred eighty nine, we had Joel on there from Super GG Radio. So this is our second crossover with Super GG Radio. So. We've, uh, we've we've done it. We've done it before. So we want to do want to check those back issues. You can you can see that one for our first crossover. But yeah, um, how have you? We've been starting off just kind of talking somewhat about the state of our country and all that. Uh, how have you been dealing with uh, you know everything going to shit? Corona, Corona, Corona. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, my wife was pregnant just before uh, COVID hit. 
um, lost two family members and another uh, has cancer. So it's been crazy. And uh, so as a result, my in-laws uh, live with us because uh, we're helping them during this time. So it's been pretty crazy. Um, my two boys, I have a four and a six-year-old, uh, and they are uh, obsessed with uh, Breath of the Wild. They absolutely love it. And, um, you know, they've been keeping busy. Uh, we have an au pair that lives with us who's been amazing. While I work during the day, my wife works during the day, and she's been, you know, taking them outside in the backyard, um, you know, doing crafts with them, doing educational stuff, just keeping their minds busy. And that's been the real big challenge in this uh, in this COVID world, post-COVID world, is uh, keeping your little ones engaged they don't, so they're not sitting in front of the TV all day. Sure, yeah. And, uh, I, I mean, I heard, like, recently, like, just yesterday, uh, Chicago Public Schools, they decide they're not going – they aren't going to start schools here. So it's going to continue to be remote or going to be remote when it starts. So that, I'm sure yeah, that's very, your family members very like, difficult. Yes, it's, it's terrible. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's It's been tough. But, I mean, the thing is, it wasn't COVID-related. Um, it was just, you know, cancer. Cancer sucks. <laughs> yeah. Still sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we've been, uh, just bearing, you know, bearing through it, trying to stay alive and, uh, trying to make time to play some video games and, you know, the economy has been tough. Uh, my company has been furloughing people for, you know, a week at a time. So right now, uh, my brother, Alex, uh, who's also on super GG radio is furloughed this week and, uh, he's been cataloging our, uh, major comic book collection <laughs> oh, wow. as his pet project. Yeah. Which is, uh, was a daunting task for sure. I, I didn't have the time to do it, but God is bless that like, him. Is that like a joint collection between the two of you? Yeah, it's uh, the collection that um, our dad had basically accumulated since he was, you know, in his teenage years. And, you know, we got a lot of uh, old comic books from 1962, 1963. Uh-huh. Uh, Conan, Conan number one, Daredevil uh, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, all the way to like 300. Wow. Um, but not one. Uncanny. No, not one. That's the only one I'm missing. <laughs> um, Uncanny X-Men, like 15, 16, 17, you know, all the, you know, the original five X-Men in their yellow suits, you know, 1963. Wow. Is it, and those are in good good shape or somewhat? They're okay. Yeah. Some of them not so great, but uh, that Conan's in mint condition. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's cool. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, sorry for all the stuff that's been happening with with all of this. But I'm glad you were able to have time. To thanks for taking time out of your schedule to to come here and talk to us. Hey, th- thanks for having me on. I love doing this. Yeah. Well, um, let's let's move on and talk about what we do every week and talk about games that we've got, games we've been playing. <laughs> Since you're the guest of the sh- of the week, why don't you start off and tell us what you've been playing, Philip? Um, this week, since my boys are always looking for a new game to kind of dip into, cause they've been really hitting Breath of the Wild hard and they've been really playing, um, uh, stretchers on Switch and, uh, they both really love, uh, Minecraft. They play on Switch, they switch off, they, you know, take turns. So they've been doing pretty good with that. Um, but my, uh, son Enzo really wanted to try to get into something a little different and I didn't want anything violent or, you know, crazy. So I picked up Stardew Valley on steam and he's been loving that so far. Um, as f- so I've been playing with him, so I'm learning the game myself. 
Uh, I have also picked up a Inertial Drift Prologue on Steam, which is a, a racing game, which is kind of a rift on Initial D, if you guys have ever seen the manga or the anime. Yeah, I've heard of it, but I haven't seen it. Uh, Need for Speed Heat on PlayStation 4. I've been playing a lot of that. Uh, Watch Dogs 2, another, you know, old, not to say oldie, but it's a game that's been out for a while that I haven't had a chance to play yet. So I've been uh, playing through that as well. I played uh, I played Watch Dogs 1 on uh on the Wii U cuz they had it on sale for like $5 at one point so I ended up getting it but I didn't I didn't uh I didn't get into Watch Dogs 2 is it is it any good It is uh it is pretty good it improves a lot on the first game and it really it reinforces the stealth so you it doesn't disincentivize you from you know going the Grand Theft Auto route and shooting everybody but uh, it's there's definitely way more um, ways to be stealthy and sneaky, mm-hmm. and, and uh, so yeah, it's it's definitely improved its formula. And you can still like hack everything, right? Like like the other one. Oh, oh absolutely. They give yeah. you more options for hacking with a like a little remote remote control car or like a remote drone that you can uh, get to places where it'd be difficult. So you can hack into cameras and stuff like that. Yeah, that was like the big thing in the first one. You could like. You, you could like hack street lights so like everything was green and uh, you could do or you could like yeah hack hack cameras and locks and stuff like that and I remember there was like AR mini games too that you could play like in the world and all this other stuff yeah that's how some of the hacking sequences are done in kind of like an AR type uh, deal mm. are you interested in like any of the new because aren't they doing like kind of like a multiplayer watchdogs thing I, th- I thought I saw something like that from the Ubisoft uh, convention. Or whatever. Yeah, they're doing. Uh, was it uh, Watchdogs? Uh, it's kind of like, um, like, uh, it's kind of like anonymous, like Watchdogs Legion. So it's basically a bunch of faceless people, and you can take over anyone at any time. So anybody can be a hacker, and you wouldn't know it. Mm. So it's like the Matrix, kind of. <laughs> yeah, something like that. What was it? The um, Perfect Dark had a mode like that on sixty four, where there, there was a counter op mode where you could play like where one of you is, is Joanna Dark and everyone else is basically, like, can can switch from one character to another. So, like, they would play one character, and then you kill that character, and then you become another character, and you basically play all of the enemies, like, in one level. It's pretty interesting. Like, nice. they, I've never played that one. But, they uh, did that, uh, like, I've, way back in I've 99. Seen, right. I've seen the reviews for those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was a pretty cool idea. Like, it's I'm, I'm surprised nobody else, like, did more with it after after that one, you know. So, I know that that's cool, for sure. Is that all you've been playing for this week? Uh, yeah, this week uh, it's just been really switching between playing uh, games with my boys and then finding time at the end of the night because usually by 9 o'clock I'm wiped and I'll probably play Need for Speed or Watch Dogs for about a half hour, 45 minutes because my alarm goes off at 5.30 every, every morning. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So you don't have uh, don't have too much time to, to stay up and play games. I'll be in the middle of a race in Need for Speed Heat and I'll start dozing off. My eyes just like start. <laughs> Involuntary, involuntarily shutting. I'm like, okay, I've got to finish this and go to bed. <laughs> yeah, I had a what was it? Um, <clears throat> I was working on a independent movie like a, like a year ago, and and it was uh, like on my days off, I tried to do stream stuff, and there were a couple times that I fell asleep on the stream playing a game. Wow. I don't know if anybody noticed or not. I didn't have a camera on, so they couldn't have seen me, but but I did fall asleep streaming a couple times because I was so tired from from all, from all the work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder. I, I thought about like, well, you you can't find them now; they're way too old. But I was like, I should try to find those videos. But yeah. on Patreon, 
Yeah, right. <laughs> With the sleeper hits. If I could find that old rap, I'd put it <laughs> on there. But but uh, I don't know where it is. Really, tell you the truth, I thought Jeremy had a digital copy of it, but maybe not. Definitely got a copy somewhere of me falling asleep on something we were recording. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> I think that was that. I think I think you fell asleep on on, uh, on the Star Tropics Super episode. Super Double Dragon. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, yeah. That's you. So yeah. two thing. All right. Well, let me talk about. What I've been playing, I don't. I didn't really get. I didn't really get any new games this week, but uh, I did buy more Wi-Fi bulbs. That was what I was mentioning on my uh, middle name earlier about how I can quit at any time. I was talking about my uh, somewhat addiction to, to Wi-Fi Wi-Fi bulbs. I think. I think I have enough now. I only what do you have now? I have six. Oh wow, okay. you got a lot. Yeah. Well, I mean, I bought four and then I bought two. Where do, where do you got them? Just in the closet. Uh, okay, so yeah, I have one. I have one in my closet in in my uh, as you can see here in this room. You guys can see this is all audio. They'll never know. But uh, I have one. I have one here in the closet. I put one in my main light that's in that's behind the computer here. So that's two. I also have two lamps in the living room that both have one, and I also put a lamp behind the TV in the living room. So there's nice. like so now it like lights up the wall behind the TV. To kind of like separate it from the wall, because I I wanted to have another one in that room because it's because I need, thought I needed more light. Oh yeah, and there's also one on on Jess's uh, dresser table in our room that has a light in it. So that's all six of them. But I wanted to have another another light in the living room, and I tried putting it in the overhead, and it just it just doesn't look right at all. I tried putting it in all the different sockets, and it just didn't work. So I found out that Jess had a small lamp that I could put behind the TV. So I think I'm done now. I might get some Wi-Fi sockets maybe someday. I don't know, but it's it's addictive. Like if I had if I had a job and more money, I would buy more stuff because it's like, yeah, you can control all of them. And most of the reason that I got it was because I wanted two in here for the for my like live uh, WRT radio stuff on Twitch on Saturday, so I can do the disco mode on both of them, and it looks looks pretty cool. So, and I had been I had been moving one bulb from one to another, and also I've been doing stuff with streaming where I can light like the back make the background all green and then i'm a different color and been messing around with stuff like that too so i've been using it for stream stuff so it's been worth it but also you know we're all i'm kind of you know this is my cage here that i'm that i'm jailed in i might as well make everything look better in this <laughs> in this in this apartment that i can't leave you know use your commissary use use somewhat to uh yeah to, to make it look nicer around here but um and I, I forgot to mention it earlier on the first part uh but i did i i have started working now uh, Jess and I started delivering, started doing delivery freelance stuff as of right now because the unemployment went away and there's basically no other way for me to make money right That's now. That's what so. I thought you were referring to when you said you yeah. could quit whenever you wanted. <laughs> well, yeah. No, I was talking about the bulbs. No, it's uh, yeah, it's it's weird. It was weird to start delivering again, but thankfully most people are wearing masks here. And every and about 99.9% of the people in the restaurants are wearing masks. There was one guy that wasn't that I saw but everybody else was. So it's fairly safe. It's weird, but yeah, it's strange. Cause like all the, all the restaurants that used to be busy now have nobody in them. It's just, they're just empty. You know, it's, it's just like people, the people are like working like on the tables now and the rooms are all empty and basically mm-hmm. everything's set up for pickup now and not eating there. And, and a lot of places that do have places you can eat at, it's like all outside. So there was one place, I forget what it was called, but it was like, um, you you have to you basically have to order online and then come and pick up the food and if there happens to be an open chair you can sit outside it's basically how it works so as i was waiting for the food outside the door i watched like about 10 or 15 people walk by and ask them if they could come in and they said no you have to order it online 
and then come pick it up here. And if there's open seats, then you, it's not actually, they're not actually waiting your tables. You know, they're giving you to go food and you can sit down. I, I imagine that's kind of what was happening with Jeremy too. Like yeah. in the, in the black dog stuff. Oh, exactly. Including what you said about like the whole dining room was just became a big storage area. Like and sort of, um, at one point when we were allowed to have outdoor seating, they like set like stuff up in barriers to just create a pathway to the bathroom because people are still going to have to use the restrooms. So. Yeah. It's it's been interesting seeing all, like how a lot of businesses have adapted as the phases change. And I mean, you have no other choice if you want to stay open. You got to do what you got to do. So you got to learn to live with it, as they say. Yeah. Yeah. My job currently has, I mean, the dining rooms at half capacity or whatever. Every other table and the whole outdoor area is full, and we're just like getting swamped by carry out orders. Like it's crazy busy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I bet. It's weird. And, and uh, you know, they, they've been putting like, you know, there's like circles on the ground, like everywhere. And now it's like try to social distance, like lines and stuff like that. And some people have made some people have made like entire other rooms now, like for, you know, for people to go and get stuff and and all that. And, yeah, it's something, but at least it's busy. You know, it's been and it was actually a lot busier yeah. than I thought it was going to be. So it's been decent. You didn't feel like you were in over overcrowded market as you were sort of worried about. Uh, I mean, I've just been staying away from people. I mean, some places are kind of overcrowded. Well, you know what I mean, though. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, as far as the job you're working, you didn't feel like. Yeah, they didn't stick me in a corner with a bunch of other people. You needed a lot yeah. more. So they needed delivery drivers. Oh yeah, no, they said that. Apparently, they they said that they didn't have any. Yeah, it wasn't. It was definitely wasn't overcrowded. I think they had. I think they didn't have enough. But yeah, that's that was that was that. Um, also, did you guys did you guys play any of the Tetris ninety nine Paper Mario event over the weekend? The we Tetris did. Tetris Maximus. No. Yeah, Sean and I got our themes. That was basically our goal. I didn't really place very well. I think I got in the top ten two I was, times. Yeah, I, I did a stream of it Thursday night, and I was getting my ass handed to me like left and right. I sent mm-hmm. you guys that one video because there was one time I got eighth, and that was like the best I did on the whole thing. But I was getting destroyed, like. I, f- I feel like a lot of those Tetris Maximus, Ma- Ma- Maximus, whatever, whatever you call them, uh, in the plural form. I, I think I think a lot of them. It's like everybody's bringing their A game because they want that free ten dollars for the eShop. So it's uh, yeah, I, and I was doing it right when it hit because it it you know it, when it starts it hits at like at like two a.m. Friday. So and I started my tr- stream right at two a.m. So it was like right out the bat I was getting. I was getting like in like 90th and, and like in the 90s and the 80s. And I'm like, this is crazy. Like I've never, <laughs> I never play this bad. So, but it was, yeah, I felt like it was just all out, all out brutal from, from the beginning there on Friday. But no, it's cool. Uh, the, the themes, the themes cool. You know, I feel like they've, I feel like they've gone away from changing the way the blocks look in the game now, maybe because of people like other people aside from us complaining about it. You know how like some of some of the themes are a little more confusing, like as to where the the way they do the the way they do the Tetris blocks. I feel like a lot of them kind of look the same now. They're not really going too crazy with the way the shapes are mm-hmm. and all that. But there is a there was there was a new announcement like right off the press right before we started that they're doing another Tetris Maximus with with some uh, with some of the older themes that you can unlock again that weren't available in in the regular you know through daily challenges. So so you'll finally be able to get that Luigi's Mansion three. 
yeah. theme that you wanted. Even though I found it weird that the Pokemon wasn't on there because you don't have that one either, right? I don't, and I was I was kind of disappointed because I had the other two. Yeah, because they they skip it because it was like in the in the uh, order of uh, Tetris Maximus. It was um yeah it was Luigi and then Pokemon, but then but they skipped over Pokemon. They went from like Luigi to Animal Crossing or Ring Fit or whichever one was mm-hmm. first of those. I don't remember, but or a Pokemon game coming out soon that they would like tie that in with. Well, I mean, there's not. I mean, th- I mean, it's just the, the the DLC at the end of the year. Maybe they want to wait on that, but I figured they might do another one based on the DLC. I don't know. At least you know that they're doing the the old ones again, so it'll come around. Yeah, and they do. What was the price of the old ones, Jeremy? To unlock them, aren't they 30. like fifteen or no? They're thirty, right? Yeah, the special teams are thirty. Okay, and the regular ones are fifteen because I have all the I have mm-hmm. all of them, the special and the regular one. But yeah, if you wanted to get that original Game Boy one, you got to get thirty points from daily challenges. Which if you don't have the the paid DLC, you can only get two a day from regular Tetris ninety nine playthroughs. But uh, it's, I mean, it's it's worth like it for it kept me like returning to the game to get the points and daily challenges and stuff like that. And you'll do a, you'll do a couple, and then you want to play like ninety nine more, and then it's like, mm. you know, and then all of a sudden it's like three hours later, and you're like, oh, I've been playing this game for way too long, you know. That's what that's what happened to me a lot. Do did you uh did you guys remember what the date was on that? Oh, it's uh it's next week. It's August fourteenth to the twenty second. So that's what's that's next weekend, I think. Yeah, that's that's next weekend. So maybe maybe on next weekend stream I'll do that. I'll do that one again, even though I really don't need any of the themes. But it's fun to play Dungeon Ninety Nine. But speaking of stream stuff, uh, I'm almost done with uh, Final Fantasy Four on uh, Super Nintendo or Final Fantasy Two, as as it was called, but technically Final Plastic. Fantasy Four. But yeah, no, I, I've been playing. Uh, I've been playing that on Tuesday for like my Tuesday night retro plays on Twitch. And I got to the final area last night. I was actually going to try to make it all the way through, but by the time I got to the final area, it was like six in the morning, and I'm like, I can't. I'm like, I can't do this. <laughs> so I had to. I had to quit. But I think I might just go into it again on Thursday instead of doing a newer game Thursday night and just get through it. But yeah, uh, Final Fantasy IV was a lot shorter than I thought it was. I'm only like 15 hours in, I think, and I'm already at the last part. So you can really wow. you can really plow through that game if you. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna have to go back to it sometime. That yeah. was one of the first. That was the second. Well, it was the second Final Fantasy I beat, right? No, it was the third. Because uh, well, you beat. Uh, I thought you beat Mystic, Mystic Quest first. First Mystic Quest, then I beat uh, Final Fantasy VI, and then I went back to beat four after that. Yeah. We had four the entire time. I just could never beat it. Then I finally, once I learned how to play, I went back and beat it pretty easily. Did 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 you ever do the the Leviathan uh, side quest on there? I don't remember. I kind of like accidentally did it. I accidentally found it. It's through like one of the caves in the underground when you're when you're under the volcano. There's a cave that you go in where you're like it's basically like you know half of the spots that you walk over are poison or they'll turn you into a toad and all that. And you have to find it once you find the portal to a monster town. The you go you go into monster town and you talk to um there's these two like main bosses that you have to beat with uh, with Redia. And you'll get uh you'll get Leviathan and the other was it Asura is the other one, I I don't think I'd ever seen that before and I kind of just randomly found it on the stream and you which, have to go through Monster Town no matter what right uh, no you don't actually it's it's like oh, a well, complete side thing to Monster Town I don't think so because it uh I wouldn't like the only thing I got there was those was those extra monster Thanks. calls 
And, uh, and, yeah, and I remember doing that. Yeah. Yeah. To get those summons. Yeah. I, I don't, re- I don't remember. I don't know if I did it on the DS one or not, but, but Leviathan has become like the win button for me. You just use that on anybody and it takes like 5,000 hit points off and it'll kill most bad guys. So if you're really tired of the battle system, which I kind of was, uh, you can just <laughs> do that a bunch of times. And I, and I bought a whole bunch of ethers. So I mean, I've just been like using that, but. But yeah, I'm almost done with that. But as far as beats for the week, I did I did go back and beat uh, Donut County because I knew that I didn't have much much time left on that game, and I needed to get a beat for this week. So, so yeah, I beat I beat Donut County. It was it has a nice little like boss thing at the end. I know I know you already beat that one, right, Jeremy? That was one you did at the oh, very yeah. beginning. Of that the was year. I just sat down and beat it in one sitting. And uh, Phil, we've been doing like a we've been doing like a tally of uh, how many games we've been beating. On uh, during the quarantine and all that, and I just kind of started. I, I was like, "Well, let's make a game out of it." I was like, "I'll try to beat a game every week." So, I've been beating a game a week mm-hmm. since March, I think. <laughs> and I have like, uh, I have a huge list of like all the games that I beat and John and Jeremy beat, and also one of a uh, listener of ours, uh, David. He's actually been tweeting at us like every time he beats something. So I've been keeping track of his games as well. But it's it, we basically did it on the point a point system where like you get one point for beating the game. Uh, you get a, you get an extra point for the game coming out like in a previous year, not this year, and you get a third point for the game being over thirty hours in length. So that's kind of nice. how we've been doing it. And I think I'm at like fifty five, fifty six points now, or something like that total. Uh, David's like pretty tied with me. I think we're right at the same area on that. But I'm way behind. But yeah, but it's so I think like it'd be um, like Animal Crossing and a couple Dragon Quest games. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're in the twenties or something. I'd be surprised if I have 10 points. I think you might have 10. I mean, there's I like, be there's like Streets of Rage and stuff like that. I mean, there were other, because you did like Streets of Rage and uh, and the one, the, the late shift, like stuff like that. There was some. Oh, other, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So there was, there were some ones that were on there. But, uh, but yeah, we've been, we've been keeping a tally for that. And it's been, uh, I've been trying to keep it going. Like even now that I'm starting working again, I want to still, I'm hoping to get, uh, my plan for next week is to beat Final Fantasy four for sure. And hopefully Tokyo Mirage, Tokyo Mirage Sessions as well. I actually have two more acts left, and I'm in like the fourth, and there's, or I'm in the third, and I think there's five. So I think I still have a good like 15 hours left on that. But I was gonna, I was gonna try to get through that one as well, leading up to like what we were gonna talk about with Shin Megami Tensei. I was hoping once I beat Tokyo Mirage Sessions, I could jump into one of the one of the Tokyo Mirage Sessions or one of the Shin Megami Tensei Tensei games after that. But uh, yeah, aside from that, uh. We uh we I messed around a little bit more with the Animal Crossing update that came out last week. Um, we uh, Jess and I figured out that if you leave that if you leave tools around in your town, people can pick them up and use them. So I left a whole bunch of axes around. If anybody wants to destroy my town in the Dream World, you can. I left like five axes by the entrance. So go cut all my trees down and have fun and all that. So if any, if anybody, I put if you you know check out my Twitter. I put my number up there, my dream address. Also, a friend of the show, Fuchsia, was doing a thing where she has a survey online, which you can find through her Twitter, where uh, you can you can basically fill it out and give her your dream address. And she's doing a, she's going to do a video of different people's towns. So Jess and I both filled out That's the cool. survey for that. So hopefully we'll get on there. I don't know how long it's going to be up there for, but check out check out her Twitter and you can find it on there. But yeah, no, we we found addresses Freddy Krueger and enter somebody's dream. <laughs> I actually, well, once I realized, because John, you entered my dream in Animal Crossing, and I realized that when you, that you can talk to me, I'm like in the dream, but I'm only, I'm saying like, I'm saying what's on my passport. 
So I changed my passport to a line that um that the man from another place from Twin Peaks would say to make it like weirder. Oh, so, okay. Uh, so I, I was <laughs> creeped out when I when I entered Trey's dream. First of all, he was standing in a fire for some reason. <laughs> and then what, what what was your your saying? Well, I mean, when you showed it to me before, I think it said like "bumpty bump," which is from which yeah. Is from but, the, like I talked to him, and he's standing stand. in a fire, and he just says "bumpty bump." <laughs> like this is a nightmare. <laughs> Well, I mean that that in itself is a is from the stand, so that's why he was saying that because you know when Animal Crossing came out, we were in we were kind of living the stand, so I felt I felt it was fitting. But once I saw that you could do that, I changed it to another line from Twin Peaks. So if anybody if anybody comes in there, it'll probably be even weirder. So, but yeah, no, it's yeah, and it, and since I have a fire, I guess since I have a fire right next to my house, my character automatically stands in there. But yeah, we messed around with that, uh, where we can, if you leave tools around, you can catch stuff. You can't take anything home, but you can catch bugs and like dick holes and stuff like that if you want to. But, but if you, but if any of the tools. Dick bugs and dick holes? And dick holes. <laughs> <I said. laughs> and, and dick holes. <laughs> you can catch dick holes too, yeah. No, uh. Don't catch a bug in your dick hole. <laughs> but, but yeah, no, once your, once your tools, uh, break, you can't rebuild them though in, in the dream world. Unfortunately, and if you upload your dream, they will send you a dream ticket, and the only thing you can do that is sell it for like five four thousand bells, which is really dumb. So there's more dumb stuff included with that update from last week. But yeah, that was my Animal Crossing stuff, and that's my that's pretty much my stuff for the week. Well, I've really only been playing uh, Paper Mario still whenever I can. Uh, I barely touched Animal Crossing this week. Uh, at, at one point, I went. I realized I hadn't played it for several days because all of my money trees were, were gone. Yeah, had the had the uh, or they all sprouted. Yeah, they all sprouted. I'm like, oh, I've definitely not played at least four days. It's a good way to tell. So, but um, whenever I have a spare mode, I've been trying to play Paper Mario. I, I freaking love that game. It's it's gone from being I kind of like it to I really really like it. Oh yeah, oh, it's grown on you. It's grown on me, and it's yeah. way better than Color Splash. And I know I've said that the past two weeks in a row, but I just keep getting reminded more and more of how much better it is because of the extra stuff they've added, like especially the action-based combat, you know, not the ring battles, but the actual action-based battles. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I also just went through a whole stage that was like out in the desert and I've got, um, and I've got a, uh, this explorer toad with me and uh, his name's not captain toad. He's professor toad, but we're trying to rescue captain toad. But for some reason within the game, they call him Captain Tiaud. And it's like K apostrophe H-A-P-T-A-N-T-E-E apostrophe O-W-E-D or something. I don't know if it's like a, supposed to be like a joke of like his story's only been shared like verbally through history. So they like are just getting his name really, really wrong. But like they totally know he's a captain that sails on the sea because all the legends are about that. And, uh, you know, spoiler, whatever. Eventually, you do rescue him, and he's like in a state of suspended animation, so he like still speaks like old worldly a little bit, and uh, he's just like, "Oh, it's T O, it's Captain T dot O E D." That was his name the whole time. Hmm. So it's pretty funny, but yeah, I rescued him. Thaddeus Ode. Right, I rescued yeah. him. So the I'm, the part of the game I'm on is like it's weird. It's like I don't know if they were intentionally trying to parody other nintendo games a little bit i mean surely you guys have seen that and i think we mentioned it um when asa was on about the uh the guy saying like 
I don't know how I'm going to climb this. At least it's not going to start raining. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, this whole part I'm on now totally feels like a, 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 a wind waker redux. Like I'm on a big open ocean and I'm going around and I'm finding like spots to like on the map where I have to drop my anchor and dig for treasure like underwater. And like there's different islands I have to discover and little, little puzzles on each of the islands and stuff. And it's actually really, really cool because like I said, it's Redux, so it's, you know, I've only been playing it for maybe a day and a half now, but um, it's a total, like, I guess I kind of get what they were saying when there's, like, an open world part of it, because you've got a big old ocean that's pretty sprawling for compared to the size of other stuff in the game, and you're literally going around and plotting out on your map. Well, it does it automatically, but you're, you know, you're finding, you're discovering islands and naming them. They get named, and you have to solve little puzzles, and and it's all related to like this one massive like tower that's in the middle that you have to make it to, which is where you're gonna fight the next boss. So I've there's five ribbons. I've I've uh, gotten rid of three, and I'm on the fourth one now. So I don't know how much time I really have left in this game, but mm-hmm. it's gotten easier the more I've played it, and I've gotten more comfortable with using my money to, I guess you would call it cheating. Because the crowd helps you out if you mm. throw money at them. I, I mean, that's made that's yeah. made the game a lot more fun. I don't think it's cheating if it's part of the game. I mean, I, I don't either. But <laughs> I mean, any a purist that was trying to beat the game with their own skill might might say that was cheating. But I just started using that on some of the the battles. Like you're kind of forced to fight, and that just makes it a lot easier because yeah. not only when you throw a bunch of money at the crowd, they help you defeat the enemy by solving the puzzle for you but they also completely heal you up. So I'm like, well, I might as well like, you know, I know I'm getting near a boss. I might as well just do this on these bad guy on these uh, smaller battles and heal up in the process. Yeah. And it's, um, it would actually give more of a purpose to the battles because they're already kind of, kind of purposeless, but if you have to do them, you might as well like get help, I guess. Yeah, and, and, and so heals, that, that's you know? sort of what those have become to me. They're kind of like little stepping stones towards the boss battles, which continue to be fun. All of the ones I've played since I spoke about it last week have been different in some, you know, some subtle way, but it's enough to just change the entire strategy of how you need to play the battle and what abilities you have to use and in what order. So I actually, the last couple of bosses i fought were the easiest i've fought so far and i don't know if that's just because i've gotten stronger if i understand the systems better or what but it just seems like earlier on the game it was a lot more confusing what i was doing and now i've gotten to where i can beat most of the bosses on my first try yeah but it's i it's probably because you can buy stats and stuff right to upgrade upgrade yourself yeah kind of you can but it's only like one per level you know you run into the snippet that sells accessories and it's just like the next version of the relic that you know either gives you more time or more energy you know at the start of each battle so i just keep upgrading those whenever i can and money has not never been a problem i always have plenty of coins so that's why i'm happy throwing them at the crowd and mm-hmm. getting there i was gonna money. say uh isn't the crowd supposed to throw money at you <laughs> oh. They should, but they don't. <laughs> they're, they're, the, one, one of the one of my assistants I've had fight with me. He throws money at the bad guys as his attack, and although it's great that that's what he does, it does actually like take away my money when he does it. So 
the the economy is really bad in Toad Town nowadays. Like they're doing anything they can to to get coin. You know, it's like there's 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 really like the Toads are completely unemployed as well. So they they need this. They need the coin that you have. Mar- Mario is actually really like he's the one percent in the game. He's taken all of their money, and you know he'll they'll they'll work whatever they can to to get in there. Overthrowing a peaceful <laughs> government. But yeah, speaking of like the level I just played was uh based around like a dance floor and. I was fighting one of the pieces of stationery and he's like hiding behind a door and he is like taking this DJ hostage. And every time the DJ plays a new record for him, he's like, I hate it. It just <laughs> sounds like some hipsters would listen to And he Like it's a bunch of like that sort of commentary. Like this song's okay, but just take three seconds out of it, make it into a car commercial. And that's good enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a lot, of, it's a lot of like digging at the music industry. It's pretty funny because uh, it ends up being a hole punch that you fight. So I don't know how that even fits into the theme at all, other than hole punches are bad for paper. But I don't know why he just had to be the one that existed on the DJ level. But that's how it went. So that whole that whole boss battle was interesting because he like punches away holes in the floor, and you got to like navigate around them and stuff. So there's a little mechanic for each of the, the bosses. But yeah, I don't want to give too much else away, other than just to say if you're on the fence about this game and you have the money to drop on it. At this point, I would say play it. It's it's pretty good. Uh, I also did purchase a new game this week. I uh, saw that Panzer Dragoon Remake was on sale. Mm. So I decided to use my gold coins, which I had about $6 worth, I think. So it ended up being like 11 and some change to buy it. So I, I was like, I'm going to get it. So I got it, and I played it. And my first playthrough, I got pretty far into the fifth stage and then it just got really really hard like all of a sudden so yeah uh, it doesn't seem like there's really any way to save your progress in the game like every time mm-hmm. you play it you got to start over again so uh it does have continues while you're playing but you yeah. kind of have to earn those as you go so it's a lot like star fox and Trey had mentioned to me like is it like star fox with dragons and i'd say it's a lot like star fox with dragons but a little more like slow paced sometimes yeah. most of the time and then like there's I don't know, there's a lot of stuff that's obviously they just want you to see the visuals like this you know, you're gonna see thirty seconds of flying through like an auto like a, an automatically like uh generated air like a cutscene well, kind of thing, but in game graphics. I had that game for Sega Saturn. That was yeah. a classic. Yeah, I was gonna say it it sounded yeah, like you had played play it before. It. Like what I mean, what what were your thoughts on uh Panzer Dragoon like when it came out? I know I mean I know there's a big like there's a big like following around like a uh, Panzer Dragoon saga like that has like a whole big thing, but but like the straight up game in itself, like from from what I saw in a how how long to beat is a website that I frequent fairly often to see like you know how long games are, and they had a they had Panzer Dragoon remake down as an hour and a half for oh, the entirety I mean, of the know, game. Yeah, if you know what you're doing, I could see flying through that game pretty yeah. quick. Pun intended, but. But it's yeah, but it, but it was probably in the old school design, right? Where you have to like play it multiple times before you can make it all the way through because you have to because you're saying you have to like memorize memorize the parts. I think so. For for me at least, I was like, I would be doing a lot better now if I kind of knew where all the because you could see where the enemies are and you can kind of see who's firing at you. But I'm still kind of I don't know. I'm still kind of confused of like when I can like when I look at my radar if I can figure out where the projectiles are coming from. And to me, it doesn't seem like that's super easy to do. You can just kind of see the placement of the enemies, and like the, the 
targets will kind of flash sometimes, but I don't know. But you're completely dependent on the radar. You need the radar to survive. So that's the that's the extra element that Star Fox kind of has. I guess Star Fox 64, you used it in like the 360 mode, but even even on rails, you need the radar in this because you're rotating a camera to like four different placements around yourself on the dragon so you can fire to your left your right or behind you and you just got to keep an eye out like if a bad guy's coming up from behind you want to like turn around start firing up at him and then he's going to come up to your side and then switch to your hitting him as he's coming by you in the side and then he's in front of you and you keep firing at him you just kind of gotta juggle all that while you're also avoiding projectiles and and you're like you're moving yourself too right like you're deciding which way you're going and yeah, like very much yeah. like Star Fox, like the the on rails shooter. It kind of, I mean, what, what you're like yeah. moving like in a big tube or a big tunnel. Yeah, but you still have freedom of motion within that. What, what you're Is there any option to use the retro graphics on there? Um, not that I saw. I I didn't really dig too deep into the options menu. I just wanted to invert my y axis. That's really all I cared to do. So I went and checked that out. <laughs> Can you do that? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. And there's like um there's different difficulty levels, but I didn't see a whole lot else options wise. The the way you're describing it, it actually reminds me a lot of Star Fox Zero, weirdly enough. You know, like cause Star Fox Zero was like that where you could you know, where you would like control the thing but you could also aim in any direction. Like that was the whole idea with the two screens. Well this is a and lot it's weirdly less but it's less less uh weird. That, yeah. Because like so I'll you like you hit L and R and you just move 90 degrees in either direction. And so you're either firing straight ahead, straight to the left, straight to the right, or straight behind you. Oh, okay. And you know you can aim anywhere within there. You can move your reticule around within that camera angle. But it's not like you're fully, like, fluidly moving all around. You know what I mean? So it's more like uh, you're managing the cameras more than you're actually controlling the, 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 the way he's flying. Yeah, I guess. But but if you like shoot behind you for too long, you'll probably run into something, right? Because you can't see where. Yeah, you're going. you can. You yeah. can collide with things. Yeah, that's what I figured. It it sounds kind of complicated, but it's really not that complicated once you get into it. And as I said, I was playing on normal difficulty, and I got to the fifth, you know, pretty far into the fifth stage, and I think it's only got, I don't know, there can't be very many stages after that if you can beat it in an hour. Yeah. It seems it seems kind of like an arcade, as is what you're telling me. Sort it's of, it's very arcadey. In fact, yeah. you it's like it's like Star Fox once again, in that you earn your credits through your points, and that's how many times you can continue at your current stage if you die. So, do you, do you like it then? I mean, is the control good? Because it was a, a lot of people. It was like under fire for that. Like the, the control was not responsive or didn't feel of- right. I didn't notice any kind of lag, which is what I had read about. Um, if I had anything that I wanted to say that I didn't like about this, it would just be that it's a big ass file. It's eight eight point two gigabytes. Whoa! Yeah, it's huge. <laughs> so I did I did delete some stuff that I never thought I would, like Mario U, and I'm just gonna have to get a new memory card at some point. Yeah. And uh, I'll probably you know I'll probably take this off of my system once I've beaten it, but. I'll still hold on to it until I have a big enough card to to uh, to have it on at all times. But it's a really pretty game. Um, and yeah, the, as Phil was saying, this was on the Saturn, and that's also where 
like nights into the dreams was. And I kind of think it's got a sort of visual, not exactly the same, but it's visually, I would say it's, it's in that same camp where it's just kind of these trippy natural visuals. I don't know. It's like really got like a dreamlike quality quality to it as you're playing because everything around you is like really like, I guess this is a remake, so it's going to have better graphics than, than the Saturn, but it still like kind of looks, you know, it's, it still all looks very artificial and, and, uh, shit, I guess somewhat shimmery and, and ethereal. And, uh, all the enemies you're fighting are kind of like hybrid biological slash mechanical creatures. So that's kind of trippy too. Kind of like say poly, polygonal is what, uh, comes to mind at least recalling the saturn version just like a lot of polygons Mm -hmm. but they try to texture them so that they you know look like one cohesive uh creature and the gameplay reminded me a lot of like a space harrier and um okay like uh yeah kind of like that pseudo 3d type thing before they had uh 3d graphics and uh, like the panzer dragoon series was was an extension of that type of gameplay yeah yeah for sure. I'm I'm still interested in it. I don't know. I'm not really Yeah. I mean it's it's on it's going to be on sale for for a minute. So It goes on sale a lot. I think this is the cheapest I've seen it. Yeah, it has it's been on it's 5 bucks off. Yeah. Now it's 9 or 10, I think. Yeah, it's like well, it's 33% off and it's on sale till the 19th of August. So that's a that's a couple weeks if you want to, you know, if you want to I guess that'll be through next weekend, so you know, if you're if, you, if you're if you wondering want, about you, it, yeah. If you've got an itch to play something like Star Fox or yeah, Space Harrier on your uh, Switch, it, it's a great option. And I mean, it's got a nice, it's a series with a good pedigree. And like, here's hoping that we get more Panzer games on the Switch eventually. Yeah, for sure. That's pretty much what I've been playing this week. Oh, oh no, I did want to mention, and as I said at the top of the the show, I guess this is pretty important. I said that club I joined was it turned out to be overseas. Well, I bought a copy of Clubhouse Games, as I mentioned last episode. Was that last episode or the one before? It was, was, it was yeah. last episode. It was last episode. And uh, I'm just con- confused because I forgot we also did a we did our expansion pack recently. Yeah. But uh, I had purchased a copy of Clubhouse Games for the original DS here in uh, Champaign at Disc Replay. And the case was one of those, like, you know, obviously, Disc Replay reprinted the the logo of Clubhouse Games, put it on a, a on a stock DS case, and you just get the cartridge. Well, I hadn't really looked too much at it, but when I looked at the cartridge originally, I did notice that it said uh, uh, four. It just had the number forty two on it. I'm like, oh, well, I remember there's forty. I think there was forty two games in that, so that makes sense. Didn't really think too much of it, but I booted the game up uh, a couple days after we, re- we recorded last week. And I noticed that the icon that showed up was 42 all-time classics. I was like, that's not Clubhouse Games. Wait a minute. So oh. I booted up, and it says it was made by Agenda. That was okay. Wait, okay. Developer, Agenda. You know, I'm like on my, on my detective work here. I'm like, I get on Wikipedia. Agenda, Clubhouse Games. They made Clubhouse Games. I'm like, okay, same developer. So maybe there's just some weird, like, thing where, like, the it's happened before where the, the, the cartridge and the, in the case say something different. Um, but no, I booted up and even the title screen says 42 all time classics. I'm like, okay, well I don't see the word clubhouse anywhere on here. I don't really 
I don't, the interface didn't seem familiar at all, but I didn't know for sure if there was like commonality between the new game and the old game as far as the interface. I don't think so now that I know, but yeah, it turns out, I mean, I'm nearly 100% positive this is a European version of the game. Sacre blue. Right. And in Europe, in Europe, they called it 42 all time class. And it's, a, it's and called it, a different thing. Yeah. Right. It had a different title. So, you know, mystery solved, I think. I don't know if it's possible it was some other country besides Europe, but most likely it was Europe where this came out. And since the DS is region free, it doesn't matter. It, it's far, and, and as near as I can tell from my research, I think they're the exact same game. I don't know if there's any variation in that. Would you like, have to like, do you have to like bet like euros instead of dollars or something? And I know, I guess it would still be, <laughs> it'd still be like poker chips for yeah. like a, for and whatever. I, and know. I mean, full disclosure, all I played on it is Texas Hold'em and it's a great version of Texas Hold'em. Like it's super smooth and, and, uh, and, and quick pace through the touch screen. So, uh, still a cool game, but I, yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. Like, uh, I was making this big deal about joining this exclusive club. Turns out it's even more exclusive than I thought. When yeah. I the European it's, club. Ooh. Uh, ooh. That's like I'm on my way to the bathroom. Or I'm in the bathroom, rather. <laughs> is there is there download play to it? Can you can you play it with another DS? I'm no I'm not sure. I need yeah. to do a little more research. So you get you got a couple. You you and you and Chana could play together. I do, I do. Let's see so. see if it works. We actually played a, I, I played a little bit of Clubhouse yesterday, like just the regular Switch one. Just to play around with it, and it's uh, yeah, it's it's still there. It was uh, you know, it was fine. We we played uh, we played poker and and man call and stuff like that. I mean, it inspired me to get out my 3ds for the first time in several months. So I brought it with me to my old apartment last week, thinking that maybe I would uh, because last Thursday is the day I completely finished cleaning out my old apartment and like getting everything out and being completely done there. And I brought this game with the intention of, you know, I'm going to want to take a break at some point. I could play some clubhouse games, but yeah, right. There was, there was so much work to do. I'm like, I can't stop and yeah. do something else. I got to be, because I ended up being there till four in the morning cleaning. Like if I would have taken a break, I would have been there till like six. Yeah. I was going to say like, I mean, I don't think I've ever had an experience moving out where I've had times to like take a break to do anything other than like, I don't know, sit down maybe <laughs> occasionally, but it's, it always seems like it takes way longer than you think. You know? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's just, and you just keep discovering more things like, shit, I forgot I still need to do this. Yeah. Like, I needed a wipe underneath here and I needed to clean out this. I forgot to clean out this drawer. But happy to say I'm done with all that now. Officially. So, other than just work and getting my new place arranged, I'm hoping to have a little more time to devote to video games from here on out. We'll see, though. Yeah, whenever you get a uh, more relaxed. Yes, but yeah, that that does it for me for the week. I guess I I would say, if I didn't already, pick up Panzer Dragoon. Uh, if you're even halfway considering it, it's a great deal right now, and I think it's a fun game. Yeah, I've really been thinking about it. Well, for me this week, I didn't buy any video games per se, but I did buy some new hardware, and I spent all the money. Yes, it's true. Um, <laughs> Bought a new MacBook Pro, so you bought you bought, like, I, you bought like the newest MacBook Pro, didn't you? I bought the newest. Well, yeah, I think it came out like eight months ago. Yeah, it's, um, it's ridiculous. Like it's still pretty new. It's expensive. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, I didn't even buy like the most tricked out version. So I, I'll, I'll read you this the stats real quick. 
So what I got was the MacBook Pro 16-inch Space Gray. It's 32 gigabytes of memory, um, 2.4 gigahertz, 8-core, ninth-generation processor. And, oh, I did upgrade the graphics card. So it's like the medium-level graphics card, AMD Radeon Pro 5500 with uh, 8 gigabytes of memory. And then 1 terabyte of storage. Ooh, so SSD too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean it yeah. I have uh, so this- yeah, I have two terabytes on mine. But yeah, no, it's 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 good. My first my other MacBook was like had like five hundred gigs or something for that. So. Yeah, so I thought about getting the two terabyte. Two terabytes was another four hundred bucks. Yeah. And I thought like, well, okay, for that I could get a couple of portable drives. I mean I get like eight terabytes of portable drives for the same amount of money. You can get I don't like, really yeah. go anywhere with my computer. I'm, I'm using it 99% at my house. So you, you can get portable drives for like 60 bucks. Like that's like right. most of mine are all like the, the ones and they work really well. Like the little two terabyte ones I buy for like 60 bucks of Amazon. Right. They're not bad. Yeah. So four terabyte for 99. Yeah. Yeah. It's so much cheaper than just getting it on board with the, with the, the Mac, especially, I mean, uh, the the most you could get memory wise was or yeah storage wise was was eight terabytes and that was an additional off the base price an additional two thousand two hundred dollars yeah it's also a dollar so, megabyte yeah it's like buying a whole new computer it was like buying the base model MacBook Pro just you know the same price just for the hard drive so uh, yeah I didn't didn't choose to do that but. I ended up spending three thousand eight seventy one and forty seven cents. Yikes! It's so, like buying yep. a Porsche. Yeah, you spend one hundred and twenty five thousand on a Porsche nine eleven. You can easily spend another thirty five forty grand in uh, accessories and upgrades. Buy mm-hmm. another car for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I I was tempted to do all the upgrades and all that stuff, but that was going to be six thousand six hundred. So, like, no way, geez. I mean, that's like a lot of money. Um, I mean, it's already not cheap. <laughs> did you pay yeah. were you paying for this outright too like yeah so you don't have to worry about financing it and all that crap. yeah i don't like doing that i don't like doing financing stuff i like to like know that i own the thing that i'm buying and if i can't afford to buy it now but i can't afford to buy it you know? how's your do you have a pretty good warranty on it then like so protected for a while the, the warranty is like i think it's a, a year but then the apple care if you want to buy it later you can buy it later for three seventy five, and that extends it by three years. So like I, four total. I, have, I have two months to decide if I want to spend another $375. I don't tend to take my computers around a lot anywhere, so I think my risk is pretty low. I didn't get Apple Care for the last two Apple products that I got, and I haven't broke those, so yeah. I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think I'm going to do it. I've never, yeah, I've never used it. I mean, the only thing I've really has really broken are the phones and those aren't even my fault. That was just because of glitches that were in the updates that would break the phone. Every time I had Apple care on the one iPhone I ever owned, Yeah, which is the mm-hmm. iPhone 4s. And I actually did need to use it because I broke the shit out of that phone. Yeah. I only had to use it because the phone broke itself. Like it was really, really pissed oh, me off because the, because, because <laughs> the, that the phone that I had every time you, it was, and it was that, that was a particular model. That's why I like ended up getting a different model because Every time I upgraded it, it would completely lose all of all of the. Um, it would just break the phone, like, and it wouldn't be able to connect to anything. So it would make my phone completely worthless. And it happened like multiple times because of that particular uh, model of phone. 
it really, really pissed me off. But uh, thankfully, I was able to order another one to the point of where I just got a different one, and it's actually worked better now. But yeah, I mean, I even my like old ass laptop that I got from like 2011, like <laughs> that thing lost it lasted me like 10 years, and uh, I never had Apple Care for that. The only reason I got a new one was just because that one was slow, you know, and I needed something faster. So mm. it was they're they're pretty durable, or they used to be. Yeah, I got when I bought my previous one in 2008. Geez, long time ago. Uh, I did get it, but I think it was only like 200 bucks at the time. Mm. And I used it. I think I ended up using it once. But yeah, I don't know. I, I'm. I decided uh, to put it off. I have two months to decide if I want to get the, the insurance. But yeah, I'm I mean, excited. It's going to come next Wednesday, so one week from today, I should be able to report it on the next show. You could probably show you? you could probably show it on your iPad and record it. I could, yeah, I could, yeah. So, what are you going to be doing with all this hardware? Well, mostly writing. Honestly, I, like um, watch Netflix. Yeah, <laughs> I'll do some work and stuff. Oh, and by the way, it comes with a free year of Apple TV, so that's cool. Nice. Um, I'm going to use that. Um, yeah, mostly I'll just be doing writing and stuff. I just like to, I know you don't really necessarily need a Mac to do like basic word processing, writing type stuff. I just like the way that it always works. Like I never have a problem with it crashing or getting viruses and all that stuff. I like the layout. I like the whole design of it. It just feels refreshing. Whereas whenever I use a windows computer, I feel like it's irritating and I find little like speed bumps along the way. Amen, so, man. Yeah, I, I I get it. Uh, my wife is my wife loves her her Macs. She's got a a, a Mac uh, Pro desktop uh, with the big Retina display. It's like the massive mm-hmm. one in her yeah. uh, office downstairs because she does photo editing. She takes two pictures for people and then you know edits things out and you know touches them up and does like photo shoots for people and it's great for that and it it always works. You know, it it works for her. You know, I have to use Windows machines at work and. You know, I don't particularly care for Microsoft Windows. I mean, my desktop, what I'm doing this uh, interview with you guys, I'm running uh, Ubuntu, or actually a, a de- different desktop, Lubuntu. So I like mm. dabbling in Linux and other operating systems as well. Nice. Yeah, other than that, that's just pretty much it for me. Uh, no, no. I think the week is old games forever. So I don't know what I'm going to be able to buy. I mean, you'll game. have access to what? I mean, you'll have all those games that... for the Apple. You have all those games that you bought, like the itch.io yeah. bundle and all that stuff. The itch.io uh, IO bundle that I bought like a month mm-hmm. ago. Yeah, I can access that and play a bunch of those. And yeah, then, heck yeah. Um, yeah, I think the Apple Arcade, if I do choose to do that, it's like $5 yeah. a month. Or maybe it comes with a free trial. I don't know. We'll see. There's a month. Well, there used to be a month free trial. I don't know if they're doing it now, but right when it launched, you could get a month free with it. So I thought about doing it, but then I didn't have to play stuff on my phone and I don't want to do that. So mm-hmm. I ended up not doing it. So yeah, but you do get, a, you do get a lot of free games and a lot of the free games that are on there are also on switch. So, I mean, you can do, you can do it in that route, but you, you, you didn't play much of a Celeste. You haven't, haven't uh, dabbled with that since last time. Oh, I played some more of that. That's true. I could talk about that a little bit. So I'm trying to go for all the strawberries. I don't think I've missed one yet. And so that's that means I'm still at the hotel, basically. Yeah, that's that's, what that boils down to that shit's hard. Like I mean, I, yeah. I mean, I like collecting stuff for the most part, but but in that game, I just would see one and I'm like, I can't get that, so I just would keep going. I'm like, I'm not even going to try to get that, or I might try it once or twice, and I'm like, 
I'll be yeah. here forever if I try to do it. So, but that one that, of those took yeah. me two hours, and I finally got it. So. Yeah, it'll, it'll definitely Pretty extend. It. It'll definitely extend the life of it if you're trying to get all of that. Also, there was, I mean, what, there was like added DLC, right? That I don't think Jeremy ever got to. I never got to it because you have to. You have to get everything. I don't know if you have to get all the strawberries, but I know you have to get all the tapes, the B sides. Yeah, I don't think I ever found any of the tapes. Like it, as far as I played, and I even remember watching like a donkey review of it where. He like went through the whole thing and only had one tape at the end. It's like, where were they? It's like, I don't know. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's plenty more to do with that game. Definitely. And, and, uh, you know, other stuff that's on there and maybe streams in the future yeah. at, at some point. But, uh, yeah, if that's, uh, if that's all that you've been doing, let's take a break and then we'll get to our second part. Hey, you. It's me, Mario. Yeah, you. <laughs> Subscribe to our Patreon to hear our bonus shows, which happen every month. I'm a tired. Tired of all the big corporate podcasts spoon-feeding you the same old video game news on every single show. Ah, spaghetti. Ah, ravioli. Then expand! Wow! Nintendo Main Expansion Pack. It's us talking about old games that were important to us. It's us interviewing people that we meet at conventions. And heck, it's live shows from those same conventions. It's basically everything you could want that Nintendo Main ever made. Here we go! And it's just a buck a month. That's less than a bad indie on the eShop. It's $12 a year, which is less than Nintendo Switch Online. <laughs> Thank you so much for subscribing to our Patreon and supporting Nintendo Main. Just go to patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast and... Hey, Mario, let go! He's throwing us back to the show! So long, gay Bowser! Patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast! Game over! But, uh, okay, we'll talk about some of the games that were released this week real quick off the top here. I guess uh, Analog Pocket pre-orders went up, went, went up and they automatically disappeared. 
for the Within new 15 uh, minutes. Yeah. For the handheld, for the, for the, um, re new edition of whatever. It's a super NT's, uh, answer to Game Boy Advance and all that is automatically gone. Um, Iwata's, Iwata's book is up on Amazon for $19. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Ask Iwata. Yeah. I saw that and I thought about it for a second. But to wait, gotta wait for that, uh, Audible version so I can listen to it while I'm playing games. <laughs> uh, Ease Origin Collector's Edition. Is on there. I still haven't seen anything. I think about a price yet, or a date, or a full-on date for that. But I'd end up getting that digital, so I don't need I don't need any physical stuff. But if you want the physical, they say it's changing from uh, the the pre-orders are changing from open to limited quantity. So yeah, get it now if you want. Yeah, I don't I don't need I don't need the physical. I'm I'm done away with physical stuff. Hmm. Um, but yeah, as far as deals, we talked about the Panzer Dragoon deal, thirty percent off till the nineteenth. Uh, the Korg gadget game on the Switch, or it's not even really a game, I guess, but the game where you use the, the Korg and all that is on sale. It's like never on sale, so I made note of it. It's like 30% off through the 11. pretty expensive normally? I think it's like 60 and it's like 40 now or something like that. Okay. But it's like a music, it's like a music creator program. So for anybody who was looking to be super technical in that in there, I think Edwin played around with it and he enjoyed it. Um, also, uh, Cosmic Star Heroine, which is a, which is a cool RPG game, is on sale for like $1.99. This is the cheapest it's ever been on the Switch, uh, till the 17th of August. And it's very much, you know, it's a Chrono Trigger-like type game. It's heavily inspired by Chrono Trigger as far as like battles and, uh, moves go. And it was pretty cool. I have, I have it on PS4 and played through it. I didn't play it through all the way, but I did, I did like what I played of it. So I mean I I don't think I've played through any game on a PlayStation Four all the way through. That was actually one of my goals during quarantine, but I have yet to I have yet to reach that goal. Is to actually beat a game on PlayStation Four. I thought you beat Doom on there. No, I beat Doom on Switch. I played I played it on I played it on PS4, but I didn't play it all played all the way through. Also, uh, this QuakeCon is right now, so all of the Bethesda games are on sale on the Switch. So that's pretty cool. They're all pretty much like half off. So. If anybody hasn't gotten like Doom, Doom One, or Doom One, Doom Two, uh, the 2016 Doom, uh, Wolfenstein Two, the Wolfenstein Youngblood, like all that stuff is on sale. Skyrim. Yeah, there's like six games, and I and I own four of them. Like, there's only two that I don't have. You can easily guess which those are. It's uh, Skyrim and Youngblood, but yeah, no, they're all on sale. So, and and the Doom games were already pretty cheap to start off, so it's pretty cool. Like, if you hadn't gotten a Doom 64 or something, you could probably get it for like a couple of dollars, couple dollars now. Also, Arc System games are on sale. That's like the uh, the Guilty Gear fighting games are on sale. I thought about getting one of those because they're only like seven or eight bucks. And uh, including the the one with the crossover, the Persona crossover, which is topical with this topic. So, you know, that, that was one I was looking at looking at getting, and it's like seven or eight dollars. So those are on there. Also, if you order straight from Amazon... All of the 2K, 2K game collections are on sale. So, like, you can get the Bioshock collection for, like, $35 marked down from 50 which is pretty cool on Switch. Same with uh, Borderlands and XCOM. So, that was something that I noticed just, just before we started recording. So, that's on there as well. But as far as releases, um, what was it? Swim Sanity is coming out this week. That was one that was on a direct long, long time ago. But I put that down on there. Airy, Airy Broken Memories. It's the flying one that was also on a direct. And this other game called Scully, where you move around as a skull through the world, kind of looked like a really nice looking version of like a what was that pinball RPG that you had, John? Oh, Pinball Quest. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of that, but with a skull. 
Cause so you, I gotta look at that now. Well, you're like it. The graphics look really good on it, actually. I mean, there's not like a pinball. There's no like. Uh, there's no. Uh, uh, this does. It's not like a pinball machine or anything like that. But uh, mm-hmm. you're you're a skull and you're moving around like as you know as a ball, like exploring worlds. But you can also like jump into bodies and possess people and move around like as a 3D platformy thing. It actually looked really cool. Like I thought the graphics looked really really nice on it from what I saw. And I was like, oh, and it's like thirty bucks, so might be a little bit much for me to just throw something I don't know about, but I definitely marked it and I was like, oh, that looks interesting. So as far as stuff that came out this week, uh, Arcade Archives, Super Punch-Out is coming out next week. For some reason, I thought that was coming out already or that already come out, but it's another one of those arcade, you know, the original ones out, you know, yeah. Punch-Out. But yeah, yeah, but it's another one of those like double screen things, like the first one that you play both on the Switch on one screen and all that. Uh, Super Smash Brothers added like a new level. We don't have to get into too much of that, but yeah. Oh, and and I wanted to say when we were talking about the Tetris Maximus thing earlier, it actually has been. It's it's actually going to be like a week. Like it's not just a weekend; it's a week. So it starts. It starts like next Friday, and it goes till like the next Saturday after that. Oh. And it's <laughs> and it's there's three rounds, and I guess you only need fifty points instead of a hundred points to unlock these. Uh, themes so it's easier to get this time around but it'll be like one it'll be like the Luigi one for a certain amount of time and then Animal Crossing and then Ring Fit and so on so so it's going for a whole week so that's interesting that's the first uh, time we've seen that on a on a Tetris Maximus but yeah aside from that we can you know if we have time we'll talk about the other things but uh, I mean well big big thing big thing in case we don't have time later uh, Pikmin 3 is coming to Switch that was kind of one we heard rumors of so many, so many times before, but it is officially coming coming to Switch. It's Pikmin Three Deluxe. I think we, we all just got announced today, right? Yeah, just today. Yep. It's hot off the press. I think we all have that game, right? I know I have it. I do. I, I, I got it. Well. I got it free with Mar- I got it free with Mario Kart Eight. So I have it. I already played through it on Wii U, so I have no reason to lay down sixty bucks for it again. And it is sixty dollars. It's already you can preload it on the on the system. I think it's like eight gigs, something like that. I have it. Sealed. You have it sealed. You should play it though. It's both of you guys should play it. It's really good. It is a good game. But I mean, it's like I don't know. I mean, sure, if you don't have a Wii U and you ever played it and you have a Switch and you really want to play Pikmin, go for it. But yeah. for me, I have I no, I have no interest in it. I've already the portability it. <laughs> of the Switch, which is such a huge selling point for so long, is like kind of moot right now. Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, and yeah. also, and also, like, well. They added a bunch of stuff to Pikmin 3. Like, you could play the whole game with a stylus, like, mm-hmm. you know, and like, you you know, there was a lot of stuff with using the, using the, the pad yeah, as like, yeah, to look at while you're playing and all that and to see the maps with it. So I don't know how well it'll work for that, but I'm sure it still is good. It has some of the best looking fruit I've ever seen in an HD game in there. So there's definitely that. It was like that game and Color Splash both had incredibly, incredible looking fruit or like real time objects, but. But yeah, another you see the stationary in origami. <laughs> yeah, I bet. And there's another another reason to not own a Wii U, right? At least unless you already have these games like I do on Wii U, and you just don't want to buy them again for sixty dollars. You know that's why I'm still playing Shin Megami or not Shin Megami Tensei. That's why I'm still playing Tokyo Mirage Sessions on my Wii U because I don't want to buy it again for sixty dollars. As nice as it would be to have Joker in there, I don't, I don't need it.
But speaking of Shin Megami Tensei, why don't we talk about the, our topic of the week with uh, Philip? So after, like I said before, after the Nintendo Direct Mini, they they announced that they were doing uh, they're going to do a remake of Nocturne, and of course, the main the mainline series Shin Megami Tensei Five is coming to the system. And I, I don't really have I don't really have a whole lot of experience with Shin Megami Tensei, and I was. And I've seen this around the web, a lot of different places doing like, doing videos about like, hey, where do you start? Like, well, how does the story go? Like, what do you need to play first? Like, on all this stuff. And uh, I thought about doing, just doing an episode about it on our own, but I'm like, I don't know that much, but I brought you on to talk about it. But let me ask mm-hmm. you, what was it, what was it that brought you to the series originally? Like, what, what got you into um, it? Originally, a uh, friend introduced me to Persona 3 in 2006. When okay. It came out. And that was like the breakthrough, uh, a series in the United States. Uh, Persona 3 really, I wouldn't say it didn't quite break into the mainstream, but for all the people who were into uh, JRPGs, it became a huge hit. And um, so from Persona 3, I was just completely hooked. And it made me want to go back and investigate the series, look at Persona 2, look at Persona 1. And then I found that it, it branched off from a series called Shimagami Tensai. And... Um, my, the same guy who put me on to Persona 3 also had the uh, a couple of other branch games. He had a Digital Devil Saga 1 and 2, and he also had a Devil Summoner, uh, Raido Kazunaha versus the Soulless Army. Hmm. So I borrowed them from him, and they were just awesome. They all blew me away. And these these were all uh, PlayStation 2 games, right? Correct. Or at Those, least it, yeah, the, yeah. The Devil Summoner series, uh, yeah, and uh, Digital Devil Saga was all PlayStation too. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was, I was just want to know, like, if anybody's trying to t- track him down. Even though I think Digital Devil Saga is like not super cheap. Like, it's kind of a little pricey if you are trying to buy those those original ones for PlayStation Two. Extremely too. limited release, and I have it. I have the box set. Nice. So, what? I mean, what would you what would you say is like your favorite of the of that <clears throat> series of Shin Megami Tensei? I mean, from the mainline series, uh, probably three. Nocturne was a great game. Very mm-hmm. difficult. For if you've never played any of the Shimigami Tensai games, I mean, what truly, um, there's a lot of things that separate this from a regular RPG. So I'd have to ask you four questions. Okay. Do you like Wizardry? Sure. The game series. Oh, the game you, series? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. First person dungeon crawling. Um, do you like the occult? <laughs> do you like being responsible for the fate of a civilization? <laughs> and finally, do you like Pokemon? <laughs> I mean, I, most of those. Because <laughs> this series, the Shimagami Tensai series, it, it uh, Pokemon borrows a lot from this well. Uh, when you think about what Pokemon is, pocket monsters. And in this game, you're a person who's summoning creatures that are on your person. You know, you're carrying up to six demons or five demons plus you as an attacker, and you're summoning these demons or spirits, and you're collecting them. It's very much in the same vein, just not quite so kid-friendly. Yeah, it's basically like Pokemon, but you get to, like, fight God, right? Like, for the most part on some of them? Uh, Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, this game is not for the, uh, the faint of the religious. It's uh, very blasphemous for those who are in the belief. Mm-hmm. I mean, what really makes what separates this uh, from other RPGs is the fact that it dips into uh, 
lore from like Christianity, uh, Hindu, Germanic, uh, Japanese, Chinese, Aramaic, American folklore. It grabs demons, creatures, personalities from all of these cultures, which makes it so great. Um, and for every one that you collect, they give you like a snippet of information of what culture it's associated with and what they're known for. And it made me actually do a lot of research on uh, some of these uh, creatures themselves. So I've learned a lot more about other cultures and their deities, you know, just by playing this game and saying, oh, that, that guy looks kind of cool. What's he, what's his deal? You know what I mean? Mm. And, and some of these creatures, like, they they've appeared like there's some similarity right in the creatures that you collect as like personas in the persona games and like the Shin Megami Tensei games also right like there's there's some that I think look familiar from what I've it's seen one of the few defining things that crosses over from each series so all the series themselves so Shin Megami Tensei uh, Persona Digital Devil Saga Devil Summoner uh, Demi Kids devil survivor they're all separate they're, they don't cross over really there's only one exception that i can think of and but i'll get to that uh in a little bit but and it's fairly true for like shimigami tensai so if you play shimigami tensai and then you play part two they mention some of the events that happened in one but it's not like a direct carryover and <sighs> And then part three has nothing to do with the previous two as far as stories and characters. And the same thing with four. Yeah. Like all the people that you've met in, in three do not appear in four. And it's shaping up to be similar in uh, five, I believe. Yeah. Uh, Persona was the first. Uh, no, not really. Uh, Persona kind of did this. So like Persona one uh, was separate from uh, two. There was actually Persona two had two parts. And we only got one of them in the United States. So uh, Persona 3, they mention some people from Persona 2, but that story didn't directly affect this story. The same thing with 4 and 5. Yeah, I think 4 like references some people from 3 and 5 does as well. But if, but if you don't know, it doesn't matter Like if you don't know who they are. Correct. It doesn't affect the story. It doesn't affect yeah. how you play. It's nice to know. Yeah, sure. It's a nice little like Easter egg in there if, if you already know. So, so, yeah. you, so you've played like the original, right? Well, well the original... So, so there's a, so Megami Tensei, Tensei was on a Famicom, right? And then, the, and then, and then the Shin, played those, but okay. And yeah. the Shin part was added later, like on Super Nintendo, right? Was when it officially yes. became one. Do you, do you know like what the, why the, what the difference is? Like this, was this like the extra godly version was the, was this Super Nintendo sequel or Super Famicom sequel? Well, so the Nintendo versions, uh, one and two were pretty much based off of, uh, a book or a book series that was written by a, a guy in Japan. I can't recall the author at the moment, but uh, they Atlas licensed the stories and characters and turned that into the Megami Tensei series. Uh, so they did parts one and two. And then Shimagami Tensei uh, one was, I want to say that was a remake of uh, Megami Tensei two. Oh, okay. And then Shimagami Tensei 2 was completely original, and everything beyond that was just original by Atlas. Okay, and, and you, you said you've played the Super Nintendo ones, right? Or Super Famicom mm -hmm. ones? Yes, I played the Super Famicom ones uh, back in, 2000, I want to say, 2007. And that was, you know, during the time of... Uh, before they started doing all these re-releases, so I played uh, a translated ROM of 
uh, one and two. Oh, okay. Now I I would I did want to ask you about these ones in particular. How how hard is it to play those games? Like if you haven't played any of the other ones, like if somebody wanted to jump directly into the first one on Super Famicom, like what's the level of entry? Oh, that's that's probably the best way to go, really, because those two games were vastly superior to the Megami Tensei series. I mean, it's very the Megami Tensei series on Famicom was very similar to Wizardry, or it was just very dungeon crawly, uh, first person. Uh, kind of dark graphics and uh you know it, if you've ever played wizardry i mean it was very very similar with uh shimagami tensai they add a little like uh they add a little uh more to it uh with some of the overhead maps and uh traversing areas from you know in within the city and uh but that really is the place to start because that's where the story uh like I said, this was a remake of Megami Tensei 2, I believe. Hmm. And it, it, it's, it doesn't matter if you hadn't played the other ones. This is, it starts as kind of a fresh new story. Cool. Yeah, I was, I was thinking about getting that one. Well, you know, there's a, obviously those Super Famicom ones weren't released here, unless they were as, they weren't released as PlayStation games or anything like that, were they? Like the, those original uh, Famicom ones, like in, as a translated version in America. No, not in the United States. Not that I'm aware of. Okay, because I've been looking into because you can buy you know you can buy cartridges that people make with with like translated ROMs on them, and just because right. I'm a, I like to play things on you know on the system, even though it wasn't necessarily out for the Nintendo for the Super Nintendo, you can buy like a Super Nintendo cartridge with Shin Megami Tensei one and two on there translated. That was actually one I was looking into getting, and uh, and I wanted to ask you if it was you know if if it was okay to play like if you've never really played any other ones because the only ones i've played are like persona and tokyo mirage sessions so that's kind oh, yeah. of one it, i it, wanted to good, try it's a good place to start yeah that's it's a fantastic place to start um what you got to understand is is as soon as you hit boot it up and you hit, you're in that that uh start screen it's just it's a very dark and verbose uh uh, foreboding atmosphere mm-hmm. and it just it's a heavy game so like with persona you have uh, other characters that come in and there's a lot of dialogue and you know you go through the school day and there's comic relief and you know funny situations none of that in the shimigami tensai series none of them yeah everything's kind of get that everything's like destroyed right it's like pretty much all of them are in like some sort of post-apocalyptic neo tokyo it's completely destroyed right from from what i've heard uh, so the way uh, part one starts and the same thing with three, they kind of start the same way where you're a kid either in high school or like early college. And there's a lot of strange things going on uh, in the news. And, you know, there's a lot of crazy stuff. And you're just trying to go about your day. And in, in between one and three, it happens differently. But at some point you gain the ability to access these digital devils and summon creatures and you get yourself in a situation where you pick up three friends. You have a companion. You have uh, what they call law hero and chaos hero. So, uh, you know, your two friends who are helping you trying to get through a situation, but one believes, you know, is, one is very like, uh, you know, only the strong survives. And the other one's very like, you know, we need to, you know, uh, be a... a, a civilization of law and order and we have to believe in god and we gotta let you know let god take the wheel and so throughout the game once you get to a point where 
let's say uh, part one, Tokyo is destroyed and you wake up in the post-apocalyptic uh, Tokyo and now everything's crazy. Everything's just gone off the rails. There's humans living in domes. There's demons roaming the land and you find your friends again, but they're on completely different paths. You find your companion again who joins you. And these games, all of these games, make you choose either law, which is, you know, Yahweh, which is uh, Y-W-H-W, I think it was Yahweh, uh-huh. and, and the angels. And then the other side is uh, chaos. And they don't necessarily associate like like Satan and Beelzebub. And they're two different people in the series <laughs> um, as basically freedom but at the cost of order. And then you can kind of finagle your way into neutral. So you don't necessarily take the side of law. You don't take the side of chaos. But those paths are usually much harder because if you choose law, you're fighting all the chaos characters and all, and, and you fight your way up to Satan or the devil, whoever is the last guy. Whereas if you choose chaos, you're fighting your way through all the archangels till you get to Yahweh and then destroy Yahweh. But if you're neutral, you got to fight them all. Oh, yeah. So that's like the extreme hard version. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. It's, it's much longer. I mean, and, um, no, go ahead. I would say, uh, Jeremy and I, we went to, we went to Christian college, you know, you know about Yahweh and all that stuff. All Elohim, those names. Yahweh, Abba, <laughs> yeah. I mean, all these characters are, are in the game. Like you summon archangels, uh, you encounter like uh, Gabriel, Raphael, Uriel. Uh, in some of the games, you can summon them. You can summon the Grim Reaper himself. Uh, you can, you know, fuse demons together to make other demons. You can summon Beelzebub, Satan, Lucifer—all three different, distinctly different characters. And then you also have the light, the lighter ones like uh, Jack Frost, who's kind of like the unofficial um, Shimagami Tensai. The they call. It, yeah, it's mascot. like it's like the mascot, mascot right? Yeah, because yeah. Super Jack Brothers on the Virtual Boy was about him, right? Yep, exactly. Oh yeah, and yeah, have, yeah. And they also have like a uh, Pyro Jack, who's basically a jack o' lantern, a living jack o' lantern um, from like American folklore. They have like Bigfoot. Uh, they have uh, Yeti. Uh, they have uh moth the mothman from like the mothman prophecies <laughs> oh, nice. i just watched that uh, movie the other day with just the the richard gear one <laughs> classic yeah uh you could actually summon um they got this guy called Hellbiker who's supposed to be like a, a member of the hell's angels but he's got a flaming skull for a head so he looks like ghost rider oh nice i want that guy <laughs> oh yeah he's good he's he's great you can get him in a you fight him in a sm uh shimagami tensai three mm. he's a pretty hard battle and um, in parts, I want to say Shimagami Tensai 2, uh, they have Beetlejuice, but like the, the star, star. Yeah, the name yeah. of the, the star. Yeah. But when you first fight him, he's that snake creature from the movie, Beetlejuice. <laughs> we, <laughs> we come for your and daughter, then, Chuck. That one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then when you finally like uh, get him to summon later, he's like this goofy white looking zombie dude in like a, a polka dot suit. Nice. Avoiding that... Uh... That yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not stripes. We're doing polka dots. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it was uh, wasn't uh, wasn't Beetlejuice like a star in the in like a cat or it's in like Orion, right? In like the shoulder yeah, of Orion, yeah. I think the actual star yeah. is. I think Ve- so Vega is too. spelled that way, but it was Beetlejuice. The 
a character or a nod to it at least. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, there's just there's a lot of uh, folklore with uh, creatures like you get fairies and like uh, Lilum, Succubus, you know, just any kind of uh, folklore you could think of, like going back to uh, the, like the really old uh, stuff, like you can actually uh, summon, well, you'll, you'll encounter uh, him and Shungami Tensei, you'll encounter Thor, uh, you'll encounter Loki, and then in, later in the games you can summon them to do your bidding. Uh, so there's a lot of... Uh, you know, characters to choose from and how do you play your games. And that also holds true with Persona and uh, Digital Devil Saga and all the other ones going forward. That's the main thing that holds them together is that roster of uh, creatures that you can call to assist you at any time. But the Shimagami Tensai series is unique in that you have to get, you get yourself in a situation where you have to choose either chaos, uh, law, or neutral. So it gives you, you know, good replay value. Yes, it sounds like it. Um, and, and you also have to, it, it's different from Pokemon, right? It's like not to the, you kind of have to talk to them in some of them, like to convince them to join you. It's not basically like where you where you wear, wear them down and then like, you know, throw a capture ball at them or anything like that. Isn't it more about your relationship with, with the uh, demon and that type of thing? Like, don't you kind of, I know on some of the Persona games you have to do that, where you have to like uh, convince them to join you, like by Absolutely. talking to them. Yeah, so with um, with that system, when you get usually get like your first demon that's kind of given to you, and then when you uh, play through the game to acquire other demons, there's two ways to do it. You can either uh, negotiate with them in a battle. You can send one of your your demons, or you could do it yourself to negotiate, and they'll either you know ask you uh, riddles. They'll tell you you know riddles if you solve them, or they'll ask you questions. You know, to kind of gauge your personality, and uh, you know, or you have to bribe them. It's like you got money, you got maca. Just give me, give me uh, five thousand maca, and I'll join you. You know, um, and and then the other way is to go to the uh, temple to fuse demons. So you can take one demon, you can take uh, you know a pair of demons, and it'll tell you you know if if you have this demon and this demon, you can make this demon. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's a big part of it, right? Like you, you do need to like you're not going to be able to get through it with like only just catching demons and raising them. Like you have to actually take them and combine them and make them into a stronger demon. Right. Yeah. It's like a big part of like are, getting through it. There are some that you can only get through fusion. Yeah. So, yeah. So the, it's, it's kind of uh, playing the odds of who you get and that, you know, who you're looking for. And, you know, sometimes you kind of need a guide if you're looking for somebody specific. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, how, I mean, is are do you need like a lot of ga- of guidance in these games? Like if I was to get like Shin Megami Tensei One, like I probably wouldn't be able to play through it like just by myself, right? Just with the, with the hints that it gives me, or do I need to be a be on a website at the whole time, like looking at extra I mean, combinations? If you, you want to get through it, I mean, it's possible <laughs> to you know without without having to uh, to grab an online guide. I mean, I'm a bit of a wuss, so I I grab the online guide to kind of. Sure. Yeah, okay. What should I do next? You know, where should I be going? And yeah, you know, um, some of the enemies are just, it's, 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 it's a really hard uh, series. I mean, it almost brutally hard. Uh, SMT three was definitely uh, very difficult. Mm-hmm. Do you have to like make maps and stuff? Like, uh, cause, cause you t- said a lot of it's like a first person dungeon crawling. Like, does it, does it create a map for you or do you have to like kind of create one on your own? Like if you're trying to figure out where you, where to go and all that. 
Uh, if I remember correctly, with Shin Megami Tensei 3, it does an auto, there's an auto map feature. Oh, okay. Or oh. with Shin Megami Tensei 1, there's an auto map feature. Uh, 2, I don't remember. I played 2 for maybe about 2 or 3 hours. I actually beat part 1. Uh, and part 2 kind of continues the story like 40 or 50 years down the line of uh, part 1. And it assumes that the character chose neutral. Oh, interesting. So, yeah, so it's yeah. you're in a, a society where demons and humans are living together, coexisting. It's not chaos, not exactly order, but everybody's kind of on level footing. And then the story kind of takes you from there where it's like, okay, everybody's on level footing, but these guys are trying to do this and the other guys are trying to pull this. And, you know, mm-hmm. and again, you're stuck in the middle. Yeah. Trying to figure out some sort of order. Like, yeah, I, I saw, I watched a couple of videos, like it just like about the series and they were in there saying that like, yeah, a lot of it is like, it starts with everything that's destroyed and you have to kind of like, you, you want to go around and figure out like what happened, but, but you don't really have, it doesn't have, like you're saying, it doesn't have a whole lot of the comedy beats, like from persona. You don't have like a, you don't have like a team really. It's just kind of you just in there by yourself, isolated, trying to figure out like what became of this area, or like why everything is destroyed or, you know? Yeah. Whatever. It's, yeah. it's the game. Like I said, the game's atmosphere is very uh, heavy and foreboding. It's just, you know, playing through the game. I always felt like, I'm alone here. It's me and my demons. You know, all my friends took off uh-huh. and it's just, there's very few places to find, uh, you know, respite unless you can get to a map and then you're, you know, doing the random encounters on the map. Uh-huh. And then, you know, you got to make your way to like, uh, the malls or the places where you can heal. It just it always feels like the game's always after you. And, uh, with Shin Megami Tensei three, it, it, uh, that one kind of, um, does away with the first person dungeon crawling and it's you know now it's like over the shoulder of the main character so it's kind of a third person deal and it was the same thing with four so it 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 goes a little more traditional with its uh dungeon exploring and you and you played you played four right that was a 3ds exclusive i believe Yes, I borrowed uh, Alex's 3DS and I down I bought it on the shop and downloaded it exclusively for four. I really wanted to play it. Nice. And did you play any of the offshoots? Like a what is it? Like a Apocalypse was was one of the other ones, or I feel like they did a couple like offshoots of four. And I know there's like the, yeah, the Devil were, Survivor, uh, but that's downloadable. different. Yeah. Well, Apocalypse was a whole other. It was another game that was like the same story but different, I guess. Because there was some. Yeah, it was kind of like a sequel. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I never, uh, I don't know. I was basically kind of like floating between like Shin Megami Tensei four and, uh, and the first one on super, on super Nintendo, super Famicom is it, kind of where I was. Cause I know the 3ds one is like, it's, it's like a budget title now. So you can get it for like nine ninety nine or nineteen ninety nine. Uh, same with mm-hmm. apocalypse and a lot of the other, and a lot of the other games that are on there. Like I know there's like a devil summoner version on there as well. Like there's, there's a bunch of couple different ones that, that Demi kids one on, uh, on Game Boy is like super expensive. Like I looked at it just for the fun of it, and I think they're selling like just the cartridge by itself for like six hundred. Some people were on uh, on eBay, just like okay. Yeah, there's a lot of high demand for uh, these games. Again, there was just a limited release. These Atlas titles, they didn't see a wide release. So, mm-hmm. you know, the box set of uh, Digital Devil Saga, I haven't looked it up, uh, but I'm pretty sure it's worth at least a uh, hundred, hundred fifty bucks. Uh, I have a uh, Devil Summoner Two, uh, Raido Kazunaha versus the. Uh, versus King Abaddon and it's brand new in the box with the little Raiho doll and you know never opened it never played it <laughs> wow yeah that's probably worth a pretty penny I'm sure probably I don't you, know maybe in a few years 
Which one of these is your personal favorite that you've played? I mean, I love the Persona series, but if we're talking mainline Shimigami Tensai, I mean, Part 3 was probably my favorite. I mean, I really liked 4. 4 was great. Mm-hmm. What really got kind of tickled my funny bone with Persona 4 was you get uh, like a digital assistant, kind of like a Siri or, uh, you know, like Hey Google is called Burroughs. And it's like a little like virtual assistant. You see, you see like her outline and um, like when you're about to go into a room with a boss, she'll stop you and say like, Hey boss, there's a powerful demon in there. Are you sure you want to go in? Maybe we should turn back. You know? Oh yeah. That, that helps because then you won't like go in somewhere and die and lose all your progress. Is it, yeah. is, is it fairly easy to save or can you only save in certain places? And it kind of sounded like like you can only save in certain places. Yeah, definitely. Uh, with Shimagami Tensai three, and I want to say with four, you could only save at certain spots. Usually, there's like floating crystals that you get uh, that you'll hit in a map, and you can save at those spots. Yeah, that's what I was wondering because it's like, and it's probably like you die, you die. Like there's no like, you know, start again or. It's like you have to go back to wherever you saved last. I'm sure. So it's very much. I know Persona is like that as well. Where it's where it's like you know you got you got to save a lot because if you don't you might lose however many hours of game time, so it's very very old school like that I'm sure you you have a switch right yes I do are you excited about playing uh, Shin Megami Tensei three Nocturne again for for the remake I I am I mean I still have my PlayStation two uh, Nocturne uh, ga- the original game in, in in the original box but uh, I am definitely looking at picking it up for the Switch. Yeah, it's a, I've heard a lot of good like people talk really, really highly of that one. I think that was a lot of people's entry point for for the series because just because of when it came out. But yeah, I've never. I the only ones I've heard of are the 3ds ones, just because uh, there were so many of them releasing at one point where I was just kind of like, oh, maybe I should look into this. And also, you know, like discovering like Persona and stuff like that. I was kind of thinking, wondering how how close they are. But yeah, no, I mean, I I'm definitely intrigued. Uh, I think I think I'll probably end up getting the super the Super Famicom translated one, which is which is actually available on Switch Online if you have a if you have a Japanese account. It's all in it's all all in Japanese though. But you can play around with it on your Switch if you have if you have the um if if you have the Super Famicom app on there. You can play it, and I try. I tried doing it, and I was like, maybe I can play a little bit. And it's just like, it's like mm-hmm. just so much text, and I'm like, I have no idea what's happening. <laughs> it's a very dialogue-heavy series, yeah. definitely. And um, there's clues; they'll give you like context clues of maybe you should go check out this point. And if you can't read it, you're you're wandering around aimlessly. Yeah, um, yeah. That's- but I was going to say to the point. Uh, it looks like uh, with the Switch uh, version of uh, Nocturne. You're going. You will encounter uh, Raido Kazunaha from the Devil, uh, the Devil Summoner series. Oh, okay, so that's added in the remaster of it. Uh, yeah, yes and no. Uh, so when we had uh, Shimagami Tensei three uh, brought here, the encounter you actually got uh, at a certain point uh, in the game, and it's fairly early on. You encounter this person. And then you have to jump through a lot of hoops to actually get them to join you later. But the person you actually encounter is Dante from Devil May Cry. Mm. Weird. And you got to fight him. But that's like Capcom, right? Yeah. 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 It was a neat little crossover. Oh, weird. And uh, you, had to, you had to fight him, and then he leaves, and then you jump through a bunch of hoops, and then later he can actually join your party. Uh, with the Japanese Maniacs version, which was supposed to be like uh, really hard, like I guess... Uh, the, they got a version of Nocturne. It wasn't quite as hard as the one we got. So 
they re-released it in Japan as the Maniacs version and then substituted Dante for Raido Kazunaha. Oh, okay. Interesting. Does so this... it looks like that's the version we're getting. Oh, okay. I know I know this these games probably don't intrigue you at all, John, but uh what do you how do you feel about these about this, Jeremy? I know this is like a lot of this is like super nerdy for me. Just to just to hear all of the uh Shin Megami Tensei talk. I mean I've thought about checking out one of them on the three DS for a while now. But yeah, my my desire to jump into a new RPG series is kinda low right now because I'm trying to work my way through the Dragon Quest games and and uh and I don't know a lot of other stuff. But I am interested. I mean I have per- I own a Persona game that I've barely played, so I've tried to get into it. Yeah, you have five, um, which is like the five. yeah, which is great. And as far as like yeah, like finding out more about the lore, like how the there was a there's literally was a Virtual Boy game that had a Shin Megami Tensei like franchise mm-hmm. on it that it just blew my mind the first time I heard it. Yeah, I'd forgotten. They had an MMO. The what? They had an MMO too for like three or four years servers are shut down now but i remember playing it when it first came out oh yeah well what was that on was that on pc then yep strictly pc yeah yeah i didn't hear about that yeah i mean well dragon quest still has a mmo that never came out here but shimagansai yeah shimagami tensei like doesn't dragon quest also had a uh like a pokemon go kind of game didn't it dragon quest walk yeah yeah. it's it's only in japan though I'd love to play that game. Not that long ago, yeah. Yeah, they uh, one of the podcasts I listen to, eight four play. They still play a lot of that game, uh, Dragon Quest Walk. Is is there anything else you wanted to say about the series? I mean, we, we've uh, we've mentioned a lot on here. I've, I'm definitely intrigued by it. I feel like you've uh, explained it better than uh, most of the things I've seen about it, and I definitely want to try it out. Uh, I'd say yeah, definitely play one if you can. Play part two, and then hit Nocturne, and then hit four, and you'll you'll see how the series progresses. Uh, you know how everything carries over, and then if you get a chance, play the Persona series. You know it's a much more light-hearted approach with a different style, and you know, kind of like you said, there's a lot of things in Persona. I don't know if you've played any of the series yet, um, but there's like the Velvet Room, yeah, yeah. where you meet, and that's very similar to um, the the Lodge in um, Twin Peaks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I like I like Persona a lot, actually, from when I played of it. I just um, they, it takes a long time to play, and uh, since you know, since we do a weekly Nintendo mainly focused thing here, I haven't really had like I played I played maybe like twenty hours of Persona Four on PlayStation Two, and I really liked it. And then I played probably about the same of Persona Five, but yeah, it t- it's a lot of dedication, you know, to get in yeah. there. And, and it's the same thing with the save progress. Like the last time I played Persona Four. Like, I was just, like, I was kind of a little drunk, and I was like, all right, I'm going to just, like, play Persona 4. And I went, mm-hmm. and I was, like, in one of those, uh, it was, like, in one of the castle or the palaces or whatever. And mm-hmm. I basically played through it almost all the way to the end and died and lost, like, four hours of, of play time. And it really, and it really burned, mm-hmm. r- really burned me on it, and I didn't return to it ever since. So, that was kind of the thing that happened to me with, with, with the Persona 4. So, yeah. And so, you got to be, you got to be real careful with those games. Like, if you don't. You know, at, at any at any moment you can fuck up and you'll be dead in a, in a few seconds. Like if you don't, you know, you're not paying attention. It kind of it's the same way with the like I've said with Tokyo Mirage Sessions, which I'm playing right now. Um, if you're not paying attention, you can get you can get knocked out. And thankfully on that one, you can save whenever you want, so it's not like you, you know. It's so you can basically like fight a guy and then save and find another guy and save and like you know kind of make sure you're, you're not ever losing anything. But Persona was different. You could only I think you could only save when you went home. So when you're or maybe you know you could save like every like. Ten, five or ten levels, or something like that. When you're when you're in the palaces, so 
mm-hmm. were certain spots you could do it. But if you went like on a big, you know, that I remember in four, there was one where I just had a whole bunch of levels where there was just no save. And then I just kept going and then I ran out of whatever the equivalent of magic points is and I couldn't heal anymore. And, you know, and then you, and then it's only a matter of time before you get killed because <laughs> none of you guys can do, can do uh magic anymore. And does, does, yep. uh, does the SMT stuff, do they have the same sort of a uh, battle system where it's like, uh, you know, certain demons are weak to certain magic and where, and if you do want it to put you at an advantage and, and all that type of stuff that's been in like persona. Uh, yeah, there's definitely, you know, you want to use uh, fire type against ice uh, ice types, and you definitely want to use uh, wind versus ground. So there are there are advantages. It does extra damage. Uh, I'm trying to recall if it does that knockdown thing we get the... I think you do get, like, an extra turn on a battle if you hit somebody's weakness. Uh, I think that was with four, and I want to say three. I don't recall that being a thing with one and two. Oh, okay. Because that's a really cool thing you can do in Tokyo Mirage sessions. Like if you can, if you hit somebody with what they're weak against, actually all like all your characters will attack that round. So like you can do multiple rounds like that. Did you ever play that one, the the Fire Emblem crossover one? No, I did not. Oh, it's it's on Switch now. If you're interested in playing it, I think it's it's basically yeah, it's like a Persona Light almost, I'd say. But yeah, it's it's like um, it's supposed to be Shin Megami Tensei plus uh, Fire Emblem. So instead of like having the demons in there, they're actually represented by a Fire Emblem characters. But they still... And you can upgrade them and change their classes and stuff, but they still kind of have the same magic that you would see, like like Zeo and, and Fire and all that stuff that you would see in the Persona games is in there. But it, it's it's cool. It's a lot of... I'm looking it up right now. Yeah. it's a, It was a Wii U game, so like nobody really heard about it. It was a Wii U exclusive, so it's like... It got kind of buried, but they did release it last year. Like they re, you know, did a re-release of it on Switch and mm-hmm. added some newer Fire Emblem characters in it and Jokers in there too, I believe. So, but yeah, no, nice. it's, it's yeah, it's it's a cool game to play. Well, uh, yeah, if that's if that's all you have to say about Shin Megami Tensei, um, we can we can move on from there. Uh, I see there's a couple of things highlighted on the news here. Did you want to talk about what was left on the GigaLeak stuff here, John? Yeah, so more GigaLeak news. Just run through that real quick. We got some Zelda stuff. Remnants of the Majora's Mask's original seven-day time scale had been revealed. So that was something that I'd, I think I never heard about it, or maybe I just forgot about it, that Majora's Mask was supposed to be seven days, not three. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it a lot was more stuff to manage. It was pretty complicated already with three days, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad they left it right. like that. But I don't know if you've heard about the Giga Leak thing, Philip. But it's basically somebody leaked out a whole bunch of information about older Nintendo games, and people have just been kind of picking it apart and just finding all this like behind the scenes stuff of, right. of all of these classic games. And and they and there's like so much to look through that we keep seeing new stuff every week. Lots of like yeah. beta stuff and like uh, early versions of sprites and stuff, which. The Yoshi stuff is particularly <laughs> disturbing. Yeah, and like and <laughs> other versions of theme songs and stuff like that that mm-hmm. like didn't that didn't make the final cut. But yeah, that's um. I saw one today of a uh, of um, a link from a link to the past. It was pretty weird. Oh, the original design of the character. Yeah, the sprite was just like his ears were like four times the size they are, and he was like. Really, really skinny. It was mm-hmm. strange. Like, not he didn't have as much of a chibi look, I guess. Yeah, and a lot of like the early Yoshi's, like they looked really weird. Yeah, it's but, been really interesting, a lot of fun to look through. 
Um, they found an archery minigame in Majora's Mask uh, in the Great Bay area. Um, Ocarina of Time, they have a, a beta dungeon assembled and running on N64 hardware. So you can actually try it out if you are so inclined. I watched a little video of that. That was very strange. Yeah, how was that? I didn't actually see the video. It was like some weird, like, I don't know. It looked kind of like maybe like if you combine the forest temple with Jabu Jabu's belly because there's like weird, like gelatinous things on the wall. I was going to say, oh, wow. is it like... looked pretty normal otherwise. I was say, if you say, if you ever played through the Master Quest, that's kind of how, how it is too. Like, I remember like the Jabu Jabu belly has like, has cows like stuck in the walls and stuff like that. Oh, they, right. There's just like weird random extra stuff in there that just doesn't make sense that they just put in there for the Master Quest version. So it's, yeah, I feel like it was maybe kind of like that type of thing. There was some footage uh, from Breath of the Wild that I'm not, I'm not sure. I couldn't confirm that it came from the gig leak, but it did come out this week. Um, Breath of the Wild dev kits showing Link in Japan skydiving. Well, so Link like running around Japanese architecture and skydiving. There was a, a news item. I think it was from IGN. They did like a whole video about it, but they were talking about all the original ideas they had for Breath of the Wild, where it was going to be like they were originally thinking like Super Cyberpunk Zelda, which I would have loved. And I guess like that been cool. I guess the the motorcycle from the DLC, like that was what survived from that original idea. But it was supposed to be like yeah, this Neo Tokyo area and everything was going to be was going to look like Blade Runner and all that. I would love and to that, see that, and that would be fucking cool. But maybe they. Maybe it ended up being too much, but that was one of their original ideas. Like I even saw like I mean, if you look it up online you can find it, but there's a there's like, you know, cyberpunk looking like a Ganondorf and like just all this like crazy shit, like just making it look more like, you know, more like a city, like metropolis type thing. So yeah, it looked looked really well, cool. Well it isn't so the art in Breath of the Wild, I do remember reading about this a while ago, but it was like I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly, Jomon. It was a period in Japanese history. Where oh, yeah. Of, like the, the visuals of Breath of the Wild kind of come from that sort of like, I don't know, just think like the way that the, the designs on the on the uh, shrines and stuff mm-hmm. and on all the pottery and everything. That, you know, maybe that was something that kind of went in hand in hand with that. Like, you know, since the art was inspired by that, maybe at one point Breath of the Wild was going to take place in Japan, maybe, and you found out it was like post-apocalyptic future japan or something there's still kind of a technological bent to the game so i can see even more than just the motorcycle the remnants of 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 that idea you know, all the lasers and stuff going around i mean the very first thing you get in the game is a freaking tablet <laughs> yeah true <laughs> well that i mean that was all about which could have not been more 2017 i mean well that was them trying to push the uh wii u design you know of course and, uh, and all of that but this was one of the more fascinating things that came out this week from the leak um, Super Mario 64 took 622 days to develop. That was found on a document. Wow. So, how about that? Less than two years. Just under two years, yeah. That kind of yeah. blows my mind, because it's something so new on new hardware, and it's had such a lasting like legacy. It's crazy that they made that so quick. That's the yeah. Nintendo crunch. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, they, they spent a... Well, yeah, maybe they weren't I mean, I feel like they spend forever on games now, but I think games are a lot bigger than they were. But yeah, no, that's crazy. Because like Super Mario 64 was like, I mean, that game more than anything probably had the biggest impression on me just because it was my first experience of 3D gaming. Yeah. And it really blew my mind at the time. And I don't think any game has really like blown my mind as much as that. 
you know, right. you know, and even that was in high school, but everything just kind of looked better, but it was never like that big of a step from like a 2d to 3d like right. that. And it just really, the world was all of a sudden brand new. Yeah. And like, it was, and all I yeah. wanted to do was just walk around in it. Like it was so fascinating to me. Like aside it did from like, clarify. The, yeah, they did clarify that uh, they spent, I think it was two years before that, like doing design work and coming up with ideas and all that stuff. So the 622 days is like, from the time the project was greenlit and they were working on it actively. So, yeah, add, add a little bit of time to that, but even even so, that's impressive, especially considering how long it takes to make a game mm. today. And uh, was original original title of Animal Crossing was Human Crossing? Makes, well, it was going to be, hu- yeah, there was going to have humans in it, so, you know, it could be called Human Crossing. Yeah, I, I, like, um, it, I like it more with the animals, even though I yeah, do kind of sure. miss how your character had horns and stuff from the original one. I don't know why they took that away. Like your characters kind of looked, were, were more like a uncanny, uncanny valley looking, looking characters in the original one, which, <laughs> which I do kind of miss in the, in the new one. Yeah, actually, I saw some pictures of the human characters, and you can kind of tell. Like, um, I'm pretty sure I saw like the human predecessor to one of the guys who would be standing at the gate. Like I remember in, in the DS version, there was little little dog guards who would be standing at the gate. So it was interesting to see the human version of that. Mm. Yeah, other than that, okay, so two two things. One, you're going to be interested in this tray. Beavis was in F-Zero X on, on N64. What? I don't Yeah, Beavis. Like so be- there was like a model that they found. Like Beavis and model Butthead? Be- yep, from Beavis and Butthead. Yep. Wow, that would have been... For whatever so, reason. That would have been so weird. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, and if you want to see that, you can actually see it. It's very strange. And um, the last one here, okay... So there is a random depiction of an apartment building occupied by Nintendo characters, which includes Mario nude on a balcony, Peach <laughs> and Bowser shacking up in the same apartment, and Toad smoking a cigarette. <laughs> I was gonna say, wasn't that a Ron Jeremy movie? <laughs> <laughs> the Mario parody, yeah. <laughs> Super Hornio Brothers. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, a lot of this stuff, maybe developers just hit it in there, like, just for fun, to be like, oh, here, you know, here's our own little fun Easter egg, just that people would never find, you know. If you ask me, the apartment building, I I took that phrase from from the article that I found, the apartment building looks a lot like the Nintendo headquarters. So I I think maybe that was, like, an internal thing of, hey, look at these characters, yeah. Officially made slash fiction. Now now they'll never hide anything in games anymore, because now they know it can, can be found or leaked. Which sucks. But yeah, yep. no, the the, the Giga Leak stuff has been fun just to find all these behind the scenes type stuff that's been been unveiled on there. Yeah. We'll we'll continue to update it, update you with it as it goes through. I imagine there's going to be news for months, if not years, to come. Yeah, as people break so. this stuff down, it's huge. Yeah, at least Look for this to be a regular feature on our show. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I do want to mention uh, that I forgot to mention about games that are coming out uh, the the '90s RPG Moon. Is officially has an official uh, release date for America now. It's never been translated, mm-hmm. from what I can tell. It's been on the Japanese eShop for a while, and it wasn't in English. Otherwise, I would have bought it by now. But it's supposed to come out the twenty seventh of this month, and uh, I'm definitely on board for this. Same. this yeah, was- I really want to get it too because this was made by the same developers of Chibi Robo. Skip. And- so I love that game, and I will find a way somehow at some time to get that game. And also, and, and also, they worked on a Chrono, Chrono Trigger and Super Mario RPG at, at Square. Oh, yeah. so, so, I mean, there's like quite a few, quite a few different games that were 
they were involved in it. And it's and it's an anti-RPG RPG. So I'm wondering what that is. I hope it's not anti-RPG like Undertale. Cause I, I, I say, well, really, supposedly yeah. <laughs> this game did inspire Toby Fox. Even though he didn't play it, he uh, he was inspired by this game when he was making Undertale. Oh, yeah. And they also made a freshly picked Tingle's Rosy Rupee Land, which is one of those, <laughs> which is one of those, like, I don't know, games that I always heard of and never came out here, but always wondered about it. Really wanted I, to wanted, I would one. like to get a hold of that. Yeah. But no, it's... So, yeah. there is some related news on that note. Um, this week, it's reported that the developer, Skip, is possibly closed. So, based on new findings, like, apparently at the office where they were, there's some other company there now. There's been no official announcement that they're closed, but it could be that that, that studio is no more. Well, I mean, I I, th- I saw it and thinking of it, it's like, well, Skip were the guys that did Chibi Robo, but we haven't seen a new Chibi Robo game in years. Like the last one that came out was 3DS. The was Whiplash, it was yeah. it was Ziplash, which that had to have Ziplash. come out like oh at least over five years ago, if not longer than that. Yeah. I I feel like that game's old. I mean, it came it came with an amiibo, so it was definitely after the amiibo launch. But I don't. I mean, it's been a long time and i don't think anybody got that game and also i feel like mm. they were weird about i mean there weren't it wasn't like kind of like i mean i bought mine from the nintendo headquarters in new york but i don't think i ever saw it in a store anywhere i don't know <laughs> so i got mine from socal retro uh gaming expo i got it for like 10 bucks yeah yeah you got it from an yeah. from an expo but i don't know if i actually i guess maybe i did see it at target but i don't know it's i felt like if they were going to close down the place they would have done it you know, they would have done it a long time ago because they're not really working on any, anything. And I don't think we'll see any sort of new Chibi Robo, even though I would love to see it re- re-released on Switch. But, but yeah. I would love to. Yeah. Yeah. Though they said that um, the first piece of evidence was that Skip's website is no longer available. So, uh, and then another bit of evidence was that the CEO removed the website from his official Twitter bio. Oh, yeah. So that and that paired with. It's no longer at the office where they were before, so the, who knows? That, that's another one of those things where it's like, why hasn't Nintendo bought it? Like, I, I don't understand why Nintendo doesn't just buy their smaller companies. They got enough right. money. Like, I felt the same way with uh, Alpha Dream, like, when they when they got shut down. That was really sad, because, you know, there was yep. a new Paper Mario game, but I'd rather play a new Mario and Luigi game, and we're never going to see any of those, so right. so that's what's going on with that. But I think... Make another Chibi-Robo. How, and- yeah. I got to take this opportunity to say I wanted to see a Chibi Robo on the 3DS traditional style, like the GameCube adventure game, where you could actually like see his perspective and the, use the 3D graphics of the 3DS like to the best advantage. I think that that I would have seen the 3D effect would have looked really cool seeing it like his small perspective looking up and seeing giant things in 3D. And you could have but, used the. Yep. Uh the motion sensor thing to, to move it yep. around and, and look like that. It would, it would have been a fun thing, but, uh, but on that note, I think, I think that's been our episode for this week. That's, that's our news briefs. Uh, thank you. Thank you for coming on Philip. And thanks for letting us know about the Shimigami Tensai series. I feel like I feel better educated and, and more prepared to enter into the evil or not necessarily evil, but the destructed world of Tokyo now from, from what you've been saying. My pleasure, man. It's yeah. a great series. I've been a big, I've been a big fan for nearly fifteen years. So any chance I get to talk about it and make make people aware about the series, you know, I'm down for it. 
Yeah, thanks for having me on. It was a lot of fun. I appreciate it. For sure. And uh, we'll let everybody know where to find you on that, on the internet, if they want to check out GG Radio or anything. Yeah, you just check me out on uh, the Super GG Radio podcast, which is available on Stitcher, uh, Apple Podcasts. Um, also, check out the Super GG Radio WordPress, where I write uh, articles about like uh, racing seats and steering wheels, and you know, do editorials and reviews. Have you have you rated the um, the Nintendo Labo uh, steering wheel? <laughs> I have been very tempted to do so, and I just haven't had the the time to do so. Yeah, you don't necessarily have to. It is kind of a little more expensive than what it's worth, but it's just kind of funny that there is one that exists. Like if you're looking for more obscure uh, racing stuff, I mean, most of those Labo things, it's a lot more fun to build it than actually play with it. Even though the VR thing was fun for for what it yeah. was. But if you uh, if you you can email us if you want to talk to us about our show, you can. Email us at nintendomainpodcast at gmail.com. You can find more of our episodes at nintendomainpodcast.com. Uh, we're on YouTube at youtube.com slash nintendomainpodcast. Uh, we're on Twitch at twitch.tv slash nintendomainpodcast. Uh, I stream retro games Tuesday night at 2 a.m. and newer games on Thursday night at 2 a.m. And I've been doing a live video game music radio show Saturday nights at 1 a.m. And this week I'm going to do a whole show that's just about new games. So I'm only going to do games from this year. So... That'll be a fun thing to, to put together. So email or or at me or something if you have something, uh, some sort of request that you want, to, want me to put on there. And uh, you can find Jeremy and I on Twitter at Nintendo underscore domain and, JMA- and at jmaxstack. Also, if you want to hear bonus episodes for our show, go to patreon.com slash podcast. Drop us a dollar and you can download 18. I think the, I think there's 18 of them as a regular expansion pack episodes, but there's also bonus ones on top of that. So you'll get at least over 20 bonus episodes. So drop us a dollar and get that. If you want to give more, you can have access to uh, physical things such as uh, bead art or uh, cross stitching, stuff like that. So check it out at patreon.com slash Nintendo podcast. And uh, also I have a sister show called uh, how is it now where, uh, where my wife and I, we talk about, uh, older movies that have won Oscars and how they've stacked up. We just we just recently did an episode on Network, which is a show that was incredibly ahead of its time. So, One of my favorite movies. Yeah, Network is awesome and also very sad that uh, the, the the news I think is worse than it was in uh, in Network times now. So it's something. But yeah, you can check that out on there. Just uh, Google how is it now. But uh, yeah, we've been your hosts. I'm Trey Johnson. I'm Jeremy Mikowski. John Nitter. And a special guest. Phil with Super GG Radio. <laughs> And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. We will uh, see you next week. See you. Take care. All right, take two. Starting with the 30-second mark. Turn my headphones up a little bit. Yo. Yo, yo, Steam World Dig, a sequel so big, it's a deep cup so you better take a swig, it's intoxication that'll send you to the brig, it's not steam craft but I built an oil rig, a part two with heart, hit that button start, but this a variation so we're playing steam with cart, this is straight from the heart, I'm about to make my mark, pull off to the side, now I put this thing in park, trying to do my best, putting on a vest, this is no intruder, this is steaming auto chess The mind that I bless, live or digest Thoughts that I express, the time that we invest Super GG Radio, this is how we flex Yes, 
and on to the next, the next show, next review, next thing to do, the next flow, yo, and now you know, you know, you know, you know, Steam World Dig 2, Super GG Radio 2020, it's time to go, go, go.